Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Studs Show. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. I'm actually, now. You're I'm actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They hate no me on Chad. You know, yeah, I got to be something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Me not you all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy that, stuff. That, that. The number to call, 347-633-9365. If y'all got to take, y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Stud. And now, your host, Chad Bud Elliott, 
from uh, Tomahawk Nation going to join us. Also going to have uh, you know like a new addition here uh, to the pre-national signing issue. We're going to have Kev Run on. You guys might know him on Twitter. Uh, but they're part of the big three roll-up. Uh, very good and up-and-coming uh, podcast that's out there for the fans of Florida, Florida State, and the University of Miami. So I'm going to have him joining us here on the show, representing the big three roll-up. So uh, get yourselves ready for that. We got a lot going on here today. Also, uh, expecting um, an appearance from Sean Rowe, Sean Faith, all that good stuff. Uh, coming up here on the show today. So uh, looking forward to that. So uh, listen, this feels like the election night, uh, the, the the night before election night. That's what all this feels like, has that same feel to it. And I'm going to put it all on uh, on social media. Social media has, there's no doubt, it has dominated uh, what's going on in college football. And so I'm sitting here watching over the last 24 hours, really comical, as uh, all of the uh, coaching staffs and the fans get in their last jabs uh, and they take their shots at trying to get. Say that just that one thing that's going to send the recruit that they want uh, in the direction that they want them. And uh, it's it's funny when I watch it coming from the coaching staff. I mean, Miami and Florida right now is in a full-out Twitter war. It's not the fans. It is the uh, recruiting coaches going at it. You notice the position coaches don't ever get themselves wrapped up in this kind of stuff. But nevertheless, uh, it is funny to watch it. Um, Miami tweeting about weather. Florida tweeting about being DBU. Uh, and Miami saying that they're the real DBU. And then everyone from uh, all of the alumni from Florida uh, tweeting today about how great it was to be uh, to, to join the Florida Gators and uh, then Miami coming back with, we don't need uh, our former players to say anything. It's just uh, an absolute war. Duck. There's a bunch of stuff going on out there. So, man, if you're a recruit, probably want to stay clear of Twitter today. That's probably what I would do. I would lay low, uh, spend a little time with the family, because it's not safe out there on these Twitter streets. It really is. It is absolutely ridiculous right now. The shots that are being taken and fired out there on Twitter. I mean, someone could get hurt. And, uh, I'm really concerned for everyone's safety because there's an absolute and complete Twitter war going on out there, all right? And so I appreciate all y'all checking me out right now on Instagram Live. Pat Sertan, number one cornerback in the class of 2018, whether you folks like it or not, checking me out here on Instagram Live. But again, I'm uh, going to have several reporters from around the country joining us on the show today to talk about. Uh, probably going to talk a lot about the guys who are not committed and uh, have not made a decision yet, and will be pulling some kind of a hat um, on tomorrow. Signing day is always good for uh, some kind of shenanigan. There's always something crazy that goes down on a signing day. Uh, one of the biggest ones was Alex Collins' mom grabbing the uh, letter of intent papers and running out of the uh, gym with them. One of the craziest things that have ever happened. We'll see if anything can top that tomorrow. She wanted her son to go to Miami. He wanted to go to Arkansas. And so she took the papers and uh, hit a 40-yard dash out of the gym. How about that? Mom getting it done, showing the world where Alex Collins got his moves from. So she went out to the gym. Uh, I don't ever remember how they resolved that. I think they sent some new papers and dad calmly signed them, and uh, the rest was history. Alex Collins was a Razorback. So uh, some funny stuff. We'll go on tomorrow. That is... Um, 
That is absolutely, positively a given. Something crazy is going to go down tomorrow. That is absolutely for sure. And uh, I just can't wait. I just can't wait to see exactly what that is going to be. So um, we'll all just wait. And we, and you can't even predict this kind of stuff. Somebody's going to delay their announcement tomorrow. Someone is going to set up an announcement for a certain time and not do it. Someone is supposed to announce tomorrow that won't announce tomorrow. And that's going to be uh, a lot of fun watching that go down. Um, but who knows what's going to happen. You know what I mean? So someone's going to pull uh, an animal out of a bag. Or, or something like that. An animal is going to come out, um, and that will signify where someone's going. Something real funny is going to go down. So uh, for all of you guys that have played college ball already, um, just remember back to your day, uh, a national signing day, and uh, your thoughts the night before, and uh, you know how national signing day went for you and how you felt at that time. And it was probably the last time that uh, the coach recruiting you was uh, real nice to you because once you get on campus, it's going to all change, folks. That really nice guy that you met while you were recruiting, is uh, he ain't going to be that nice anymore. But uh, nevertheless, once again, I want to thank all the folks checking me out right now on Instagram Live. What up, Bailey the Truth? Don't see you enough. Brandon Boyce, how you doing out there? Nevertheless, uh, glad that you guys could join me here on the show today. If you uh, want to reach out and uh, ask a question or two, feel free to do so. The number to do that is uh, you can you can call it 347-633-9365. Again, 347-633-9365. And again, if you have some questions, uh, feel free to send those in on Twitter. I'll try to get to those as well. At Gridiron Studs on Twitter. Don't ask. Look, Canes fans, don't ask me any dumb questions like, why Marco ain't a hurricane? Man, he's not, okay? All right, Miami was my school. Florida's them guys' school. 10, 20 years from now, we'll talk about, uh, we'll, we'll have some really hearty conversations um, at the dinner table about who's doing what. And you best believe if uh, the University of Miami is getting it done and Florida's not, my boy's going to hear it from me. But uh, I just believe in letting them make their own decisions. A couple of things that I've talked about leading up to National Signing Day, uh, and uh, you know I've been looking at this. It's, I've checked it out on 247. Apparently, they keep stats on this, and stats are good. In uh, previous years, you'll average somewhere around 120 or so decommitments. Uh, last year, that number spiked up 249. When last I looked, which was several days ago, you had 607 decommitments for the class of 2017. So either the class of 2017 is the most bipolar class that there ever has been, or there's something uh, you know that's going on here that we need to uh, investigate. I think it's because we've got a ton of early offers that are going out now. We're offering 10th graders with regularity. We're offering 9th graders with regularity. 8th graders are getting offers. 7th graders are getting offers. 6th uh, graders are getting offers. Kids don't have any lip here, and they're getting offers. Um, Reed Harriet, Roger Harriet's young kindergarten son got an offer the other day. I know that was a little bit of a joke, but I'm just saying, that's where we're going. And the younger you offer kids, uh, the younger they're going to commit, and then the quicker you're going to get those decommits. And usually those guys that commit before 10th grade or uh, really early in 11th grade, you can just about guarantee whatever school it was that they committed to is not the school that they're going to go to. 
I wonder how, though, I wonder, you know, and when I get one of the 247 reporters on here, Ryan Bartow, uh, due to come on here first, when I get him on, I'm going to ask him, if a guy decommits from three schools, does that count as one decommit because it's one guy, or is that is that three decommits? You got some guys running up the meter on the decommits. Guys, you know, they'll commit on every trip and then uh, decommit. Sometime thereafter. It's just uh, absolutely hilarious. But nevertheless, we are on live. And again, if you want to reach us uh, with a question on the show today, 347-633-9365. 347-633-9365. Also take questions on uh, Twitter at Gridiron Studs. Or listen, if you're watching me here right now on uh, Instagram Live and you've got a question, throw it out there. I don't know how much I can interact with you guys on Instagram Live. It's like I'm uh, doing two things at once here, but uh, maybe during the breaks, I can uh, talk to you guys a little bit more. But I just want to give you guys an opportunity to uh, see me doing the show. I know a lot of my uh, players over at American Heritage uh, will listen from time to time, and they like to crack jokes in the meeting room about it. So I'm just giving you a full, uh, a full backstage pass here as we do the uh, one of the biggest shows that we have every year, and that is the pre-National Signing Day Gridiron Stud Show. And uh, I'm very excited for all of the guys that uh, are going to be signing tomorrow. Um, it's uh, it, a lot of hard work goes into this thing. But I want you all to remember, it's just the beginning. All right? It's going to feel like an end. It's going to feel like a big celebration tomorrow. But uh, you do need to understand that the hard work is starting now. The hard work starts now. Uh, you are probably just – you've just ended the period of time where football was just all fun because it's going to become business now. And uh, your high school, your college coach is uh, probably making a couple hundred thousand dollars. Some of them making half a mil. And I'm just talking about your position coaches. And uh, it becomes a business now. So um, he's not going to get the for sale sign put up on his house because, uh, you know, you can't get the job done. So it's going to become a business. I hope you guys realize that. And then um, another thing, too, is for some of you guys out there where football is not really that serious of a thing for you, you might want to reconsider if you want to be a college football player. I mean, it sounds good in high school. I come out at 4 o'clock and I, I clock out at 6.30 and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a football player and I wear the jersey on Friday and everyone uh, thinks it's cool and I'm, a, I'm popular, I'm on the football team. That's not what college football is going to be like. That's not how this thing is going to work. Again, it's going to be a business and they're going to own you. They're going to own your ass from 6 a.m. pretty much. That's how that's going to work. 6 a.m. workout. Uh, 8 o'clock meal, um, maybe a 9 o'clock meeting or a 9 o'clock class, a 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock class, and then you're coming for another meal, and then you got a meeting, and then you got another meeting, and then you got a practice, and then you got a meeting, and then you got a tutor, and then next thing you know, it's 9 o'clock, and you're dog tired, and you're going to sleep and repeat the whole cycle. So uh, maybe it's all good and well if you're a starter and you're a star, but when you're, uh, when you're that third string guy, I don't know how much you're going to like football. So one of the more popular articles that I've written on uh, Gridiron Studs blog is uh, you thought you loved football, and then they gave you a scholarship. One of the most read articles that I've written, and uh, I think the big reason for that is it just rings home, rings true for a lot of folks that have played college football and that know a little something about what I'm talking about. Don't get me wrong, thoroughly enjoyed my college experience, and uh, you know a lot of you guys will as well, but I'm telling you, for some of you, it's just not going to be what it is you thought it was going to be. All right. 
I'm going to take a quick break, my first break here on the show. When I get back, uh, expecting Ryan Bartow from 247 to join me here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with me and be right back. Gridiron Stud Show, pre-national signing day. Well, here it is. Speed kills, and in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit gridironstuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. Gridironstuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. What are you doing? I'm doing some sweet bung chow moves. I'm a little better than everyone else here. Erickson, you must follow direction. You rack a discipline. Nuh-uh, I don't rack a discipline. Minasa, you all need more discipline. True discipline come from within. National Signing Day show, getting ourselves all ready for the big, big, big day tomorrow for all of the high school recruits. Man, 2017 is here already. I remember Marco being uh, somewhere in fifth grade, and uh, the fifth grade class had some shirts made up, and it said class of 2017 on it. In my mind, I was like, man, that is like a whole, that's a lifetime away. I hope I'm alive. By then, and here it is, 2017. So, all right. Anyway, um, he's a, a national recruiting analyst for 247 Sports. He's a man that's everywhere. I swear, I have been certain places and seen Ryan Barto. I've left where I was. I moved rather quickly in a car, showed up somewhere else, and there was Ryan Barto again. The guy's everywhere. Uh, one of the hardest working men in the business, and I'm very happy to have him on this very important show today. Ryan, how you doing, man? Doing great, doing great. Sorry for that little delay there. I got freaking contacts all over the country hitting me up left and right, wondering where 
all these guys are going to go tomorrow. So it's always um, yeah. the night before signing days, like the night before Christmas, where um, oh, yeah. you know it, you don't get too much sleep because, uh, especially when you deal with the whole country, some of these West Coast guys don't make their decision until late. So uh, a lot of lot of stuff changing, a lot of moving parts uh, on the night before. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I, again, I certainly appreciate you coming on because uh, when you got the whole country, they're coming at you from from uh, everywhere, and there's a a ton of news that gets dropped on the night before. Um, so I, I really appreciate you being on. All right, let's talk about some of the uncommitted guys um, because mm-hmm. that's going to be all the talk, uh, you know, coming around. So what one of the first ones I want to touch on is Mac uh, Mac Wilson. What, what what's the talk on him? Um, on Big Marvin Wilson. Uh... He's uh, yeah, he's the top uncommitted guy tomorrow, and uh, all eyes will be on him. I remember meeting Marvin for the first time two years ago at IMG Academy, six five three fifteen War Daddy. On that day, he actually told me that LSU led, and nobody on the crystal ball at that time had him picked to LSU, and uh, that was a little scoop at the time. I don't consider them being the leader for two years, but that's where my crystal ball pick is at. He's originally from Louisiana. That is where Ed Orgeron did his first in-home visit with when he got named the the full-time coach for LSU. I think uh, uh, the dark horse to watch there is Ohio State, two of his great friends from Texas, who he went on all the visits with, Jeffrey Okuda and Baron Browning, are already enrolled there. So I wouldn't count out the Buckeyes, who have a great class, and that would be kind of the icing on the cake. Then Florida State is right in there in the mix, too. Some in Tallahassee are are pretty confident there. But my chips are on the Bayou Bengals for the War Daddy five-star out of Texas. Yeah, and I think you've named all the usual suspects being in it for them, Ohio State, Florida State. I mean, those are the guys that always seem to be in it. Um, Here's another guy, Levi Jones. uh, Enjoyed his trip to Florida. Uh, his father played for Randy Shannon, defensive coordinator at Florida, but also USC, a mm-hmm. uh, big heavy player in this thing. Uh, where do you see Levi Jones ending up? Also Florida State in this thing for him as well. Right, and this is this is a I think a still a 50-50 Florida State USC deal to go either way. He's a later announcement tomorrow. Um, I had him pegged for Texas for a long time because he's Austin kid. He will leave the state of Texas and, and pick one of those two. Right now I have uh, Florida State with barely a slight edge over USC for Levi. And, it, and what kind of leads you in that direction for, for Levi? They got the last visit. He had a great time over the weekend. The returns are real positive there. And sometimes you get the last visit, you wind up getting the kid. Yeah, uh, that's. I mean, that's that's not always – Typical, but, um, you know, it does hold weight, no doubt about it. What about LeBron Ray, another guy that's out there making a decision tomorrow? Right, and, and Tennessee is, is still trying to get him, but uh, all the picks on the crystal ball for a long time were for Alabama, and if he did not pick the tide, it would be a major surprise. Yeah, uh, I would I would say so as well, but, again, that's what tomorrow is about. Tomorrow is all about surprises, and so – where do you think some of those surprises may come from, right? Now that you, you know, based on what you're hearing around. Gosh. Um, Oregon could surprise maybe and get Josh Fallow, even though I think he's going to USC. 
Um, I don't, I don't foresee, there's not a lot of meat on the bone like there has been in the last couple of years of signing day in terms of uncommitted guys or guys that you could think like last year, I think I remember calling Barton Simmons after I was done on, on national TV all day and Jeff Simmons picking Ole Miss was, or excuse me, Mississippi state was the only guy that really surprised us. And there was probably 40 guys that announced last year. So I, I, there will be surprises. I mean, Vahe last year from the Hawaii, there was an Oregon commit. I got a hot tip when I woke up at six in the morning to flip the crystal ball him to USC. USC wasn't even planning to send an LOI to him. They wound up doing it and they got it back for one of the top right. running backs on, out in the West Coast. So you, you, you will definitely see some surprises in the next 24 hours, but going in, um, not as much as, as years past. Yeah, I think I'm, some people I'm, will. I think not, some people will be surprised uh, when Aubrey Solomon from South Georgia says no to Alabama and says no to Georgia and, and picks the Michigan Wolverines. I did the first yeah, football ball pick on that about a month ago. Got took some ridicule for that one, but uh, I think that's going to come to fruition at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Hey, look, you know, there's nothing wrong with being wrong, having a strong opinion, though, and uh, you're no, uh, you're not scared to have that. Hey, listen, I talked about this uh, during the week. I talked about it in, in my first segment here. I was looking at the stats that you guys have, and by the way, you guys have a lot of uh, good stats that you could sink your, you know, your teeth into when it comes to recruiting. But there's one that jumped out to me, and that is the number of decommits. Um, you know, in years past, the numbers hung around 120 or so. Last year, 249. And when last I looked, we were, we were, we were hovering over 600. What do you attribute that to, Ryan? I think the lack of written offers. You used to have that written offer that would come out on September 1st of their junior year, and that held the the school and the institution more accountable. Now, some of these places, they can walk into a school and offer eight kids and just throw out verbals to them. So you have that, plus you have the advent of social media where these kids can kind of be their own reporter and, and do their own thing on social media. So they're backing off verbals left and right. So Plus, I, I don't know if you see the same family structure, the same high school coach structure that you did maybe 10, 20 years ago. So I think you add all that up, and that's why you see this flipping left and right. I mean, some of the kids that will sign tomorrow, that will be the third or fourth verbal commit that they finally wind up choosing. Yeah, you got some kids that are going to commit on every visit. So they're going to take five officials, five commits, four decommitments. It's kind of like right. uh, you said, the the last trip wins, so um, yeah, a lot of crazy stuff. I, I say that number is going to hover around a thousand next year. All right, last thing, uh, two of the biggest stories we're going to have for tomorrow. What would they be? I think once again, USC is going to close huge. I think uh, the Trojans are in great position to get Joseph Lewis, five-star receiver from Hawkins High School, that's a mile away from. Uh, the Coliseum, I crystal balled him to the Trojans in 2014. I think that finally comes to fruition tomorrow. Mm-hmm. His teammate, Greg Johnson, the number one athlete, a former Arizona commit, I think he jumps in the boat with USC. Right. I think they're in great position for uh, one of the top D tackles in the country, who is in Utah. 
and I think they're in a great position as well for Josh Fallow, the nation's number two tight end. And, um, gosh, the list goes on. They could potentially get Levi Jones that we talked about. Right. And um, so they, they could get five or six tomorrow. They're sitting at 19 right now. I expect them to sign 25, maybe 26. They, they're betting with the number eight class right now. I think when the ink dries, the Trojans will wind up in the top five. And the surprise team tomorrow, Charlie Strong and the USF Bulls. I think they're going to rake up with – Five, maybe six kids from South Florida, and I think right. uh, a lot of people aren't thinking about them right now. But during the day tomorrow, a um, lot of lot of USF Bulls talk because they're about to have one of the best signing day finishes. Yeah, uh, and I, I, I like what they're doing. Uh, the potential they have uh, in this 2017 class at defensive back. So I'll, I'll certainly have an eye on that. So uh, it looks yeah. like a good first class here for Charlie Strong. So. Hey, listen, Ryan, I know you probably your phone's probably blowing up here, so I appreciate <laughs> you coming on and uh, sharing that information with us, man. And you'll be up all night running down leads, I'm sure. Hey, perfect. Thanks for having me on. And most of all, congratulations to uh, not only your family, but everybody that you helped uh, get D1 dreams come true over at American Heritage. Yes, thank you very much, Ryan. I appreciate it. Yep, take care. All right, that's Ryan Bartow from 247 Sports joining us, kicking things off for us here on the Gridiron Stud Show, uh, pre-National Signing Day show. And from Ryan Bartow, we're going to head over to our rivals reporter, Rob Cassidy, joining me here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Right, listen, uh, I appreciate each and every one of you guys that are coming on this show because I know the 10 minutes you're spending with me, that must be like 20 missed calls and 40 missed tests. Am I right, Rob? It's, it's, you know, it's not as bad as it has been in some years. Um, and I probably just jinxed myself for saying that. But a lot of these kids are committed, and a lot of them are staying committed. Now, of course, there'll be some wacky stuff. There's always some wacky stuff. But it doesn't, it doesn't feel as wacky as the last couple, at least. So I'm sure it will all fall apart now that I've said that. Yeah, no, thanks. And we'll just blame you, Rob, for uh, uh, making the whole thing fall down. You know, I just talked about this with Ryan Barton. Uh, you know, in the years past, it had been like 120 commits usually per class, and then last year they had a spike at 249, and they're over 600 now. So, you know, just kind of asking everybody, what do you what do you really attribute that to? Although things are quiet right now, leading up to this, we've had a lot of flipping going on. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to really attribute it to as much as I, I think that kids want to get a spot in a class early, um, so they will make what we call placeholder commits, right? And they don't stick because they had never had any intention of sticking. Some of these commitments are, I'll commit to this school, and if I don't get any other offers, at least I've got a spot. So it's like a, uh, it's like a placeholder. It's like a, you know, it's a starter pack, if you will. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, some of these guys, too, want to – I mean, they're so blown away by these places. And, listen, you've been to college campuses now. You kind of see what the deal is. They're, they're like palaces, mega palaces. Um, it's stuff these kids have never seen before, and they go committing just about everywhere that they land, and uh, they just kind of make a mess of the process. And since we're offering kids so much sooner, I think that's playing into it. What do you, what do you say to that? Yeah, that's, I, that's definitely playing into it. You know, it, that happens all the time. Kids come back from visits, and the last visit is the greatest place in the world, right? Nobody ever hates their visits. Um, you know, sure. so you see some of these guys that will commit on the heels of a visit, and that's sometimes a red flag for people like us where it's like, all right. This came too quickly after that visit. It's too early. There's no way this is sticking. 
Uh, and then on the other side of the coin, you have guys like uh, Bruce Judson who will commit to a school or no Cam uh, Cam Davis at or he was committed to Oregon State, he's a 2018 kid, will commit to a school without ever seeing it on the other side of the country, and you know that one's not going to stick. <laughs> so from the day yeah. that they make it, so it's you know it's, it's, wow. tough, to, it's tough to track down. Did I just hear the distinct sound of a, a New York City cab somewhere near you? Yeah, I'm um, out here actually uh, in Lower Manhattan. Uh, we're hosting a signing day show from here. Uh, I'm from here originally. Well, Murray, you're hosting a signing day show from here. Only someone who was born in New York City and spent a good uh, part of his early life there would even know that. So. <laughs> yeah, um, no doubt. I mean, that was uh, that's some keen ears there. Yeah, man, there's just the sound that I've heard a million times in my lifetime. All right, so speaking of that, you know, let's talk about what what's what's tomorrow like for a reporter like yourself. Just take me through that. I want to hear that part of it. We all know about what's going on, and we all ask about what's going on with the kids and what's it like for them, and maybe the coaches and the families. But what's it like for reporters like yourself on National Signing Day? Well, from my, my shoes, you're taking calls, you know, from obviously players and coaches on, you know, college staffs and high school coaches and trainers. And then you've got the publishers, the guys that, you know, cover specific teams uh, that want you to help them get information. On top of all of that, you know, we're going to be on the air for a lot of the day tomorrow live doing a show. So it's hectic. Um, a lot of the hard work is done, to be honest, though, unless something falls apart. The days leading into signing day, tonight is the busy night, right? This is when all, everything happens. Uh, and then tomorrow it's just all unveiled. So it's more of the night before is actually the hectic time. And then, you know, if you're lucky, uh, you, you can kind of coast through signing day as long as you don't have like a missing letter of intent or some crazy situation, which happens every year. Yeah, the night before is when the bidding wars go down, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the night, the night before is when the bad ma- the bag man arrives, right? <laughs> yes, the bag man arrives. Um, listen, I've heard of some 11th hour jostling going on um, and I don't want to stink up the process but let's not bury our head in the sand um, the hard negotiation uh, for certain recruits will go down on tonight, right or wrong on that. Yeah, I mean it's 100% happening right now as you and I are talking <laughs> Yeah, um, and you know, it's, uh, it's uh, a real serious game that goes down and I was made, uh, I, was, I was put up on game several years ago, and I was just blown away by what I've heard. But, you know, it's not all, it's not like that everywhere, just in uh, a place here or there. So, uh, no, and that's, probably, I think that's, a, that's a common, that's a common, uh, people think that, you know, maybe it's a little bit overblown, and it is. Like, I, people will accuse, any fan base that loses a recruit will always accuse their rival of paying the kid, right? It's, I mean, whether it is or not, I mean, that, that's an accusation to get leveled. But it is something that happens, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. We don't want to bury our head in the sand, but we don't want to throw our whole, you know, body in there as well. You know, this stuff happens, but not nearly as much as, you know, rival fans think. Uh, they'll get all bent out of shape over a three-star guy from the corner of I don't know where when he flips, and they'll swear it was money. And like, come on, man. What's the biggest story on the docket uh, for you tomorrow? You know, I'm real. I, you know, I, I think maybe the – the best positive story is, is maybe surprising, is how well Kirby Smart's done, despite not having a great year. They, you know, they were not good. <laughs> you saw that. Yeah. And usually, yeah. usually success, yeah, usually you think success correlates with recruiting success, and he's had to buck that trend, and he's done well. I mean, they've got a, they're going to push, challenge for a top five class, despite having a less than stellar season on the field. 
Yeah, well, you know, Kirby Smart is is a, a good recruiter. He he has several good recruiters on the staff. But if you had to guess, why, why are they doing so good? You know, I think it's uh, you know, it's it's a particularly pretty good year in and around the state. You know, they they got guys in that state that aren't in traditional. You know, out, they had went outside of Atlanta and got a guy like Richard LeCount who just happened to be in a small town in South Georgia. So you know, it helps that there's right. some town in the state. Uh, it helps that he's a relatively new coach so you can explain away the the bad season right I mean if he was on the hot seat this would not be happening but he's new so he can sell hey this is you know it's a process the trajectory is still upward um I'm, he's playing with other guys players so there are a lot of excuses that I don't want to say excuses because a lot of it's true but there's a lot of ways he can explain away uh to recruits and still have Georgia appear uh desirable sure rivals Rob Cassidy joins us here on the Gridiron Stud Show have you been paying attention at all to the Florida versus Miami Twitter war that's been going on. That's great. Yeah, I have. I picked up on a little bit of it. Um, I haven't seen as much. I've been so busy with other things, but I have seen, I've seen the peripherals of it, I think. Yeah, uh, been outstanding stuff, and I've just been completely entertained as fans just absolutely go nuts. I mean, you know, listen, you, you love as a guy, As a guy with kids at Florida and, you know, uh-huh. your background, you get caught up in the middle of that sometimes, that Miami versus Florida oh, stuff, correct? <laughs> Yes, I do get my mentions that run hot every now and then, but I do need to remind myself that I'm not a fan. I don't want to engage myself in that. You know, some of these fans or the guys with the egg pick uh, really have nothing to lose, and I've got everything to lose, so I try not to uh, engage myself. So, And I get the most foolish of things said, uh, and they're presented to me as fact about myself and my family, but i got to just uh, keep on moving on. <laughs> That's the way the Internet works in 2017, Chad. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Last one here, though, Well, with Marco Wilson. So maybe I'll get a little bit of peace and I could just really, <laughs> truly kick back and watch men slit each other's throat, man. Well, hey, look, you stay, you stay safe out there in those Twitter streets, man. And also in, in, in those New York City, lower Manhattan streets, man, a, a cabbie will go through your leg. Easy. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm a, I'm a product of Brooklyn, so I'm a little bit out of my, out of my, uh, out of my zone here in Manhattan. But, you know, well, good. I'll live. I'm a Brooklyn guy myself. You stay easy. All right, man. Thanks. Appreciate you having me, Chef. All right. Rob Cassidy, appreciate you coming on. Uh, Rob Cassidy from Rivals. Uh, you know, obviously, they're going to have a busy day tomorrow. He most certainly will. Appreciate him coming on. Um, they uh, have a very – he and Woody Womack, and, and anyone in the recruiting scene uh, is familiar with Woody Womack. He and Woody have a very good podcast that they do on a weekly basis called Commitment Issues. Pretty good stuff. Uh, I get a good laugh listening to that. So, um, you know, Rivals, one of the biggest and the best to be doing this thing. So check out Rivals.com, obviously, uh, tomorrow for uh, recruiting and National Signing Day coverage. And also check out Commitment Issues podcast with with, starring Woody Womack and Rob Cassidy. All right, I'm going to take my second break here. When I get back, we're going to have more here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Bill Green from Scout.com is going to join me to talk Midwest recruiting here on the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be right back right after this. The 7 on 7 season, summer basketball, family picnics, all around the corner, and you're paying big money for t-shirts from screen printers? Why? Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors mean higher prices. How do we solve this? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. 
That's right. With heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, put any wording you want, print it on your inkjet print paper, and using the proper paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, you can get this the way that you want it. There's no limit to the amount of color or the design. You can transfer a photograph using this paper. It's great for team sports. It's great for family reunions. It's great for birthday grits. The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen.
we'll just have to see how all that goes. Again, I'm on Instagram Live. You can check me out there at Gridiron Studs. And I'll take some questions from folks there. I'll have to get back to you on that on that uh, question there about tips for you when you're switching over from hockey to uh, football. It may be easy, may not be easy. At least, you know, if you're a fairly good hockey player, you would uh, be used to the physicality. But I'll have to get to you, get back to you on uh, questions like that. All right, National Signing Day tomorrow, bright and early in the morning. The faxes start to hum. And I saw some questions out on Twitter today. Hey, do they still do faxes? Yeah, man, they still do faxes. Faxes are still very much a part of this thing. They're still running the fax machines. Nevertheless, um, also... If you uh, want to join me on the show today and you want to call in with a question, you can do so. The number to call, 347-633-9365. 347-633-9365. And uh, you can send your questions there. One of the questions I'm getting, do I think Sam Bruce will go back to the U? Uh, my guess is he probably will not. I, I just don't see that happening. Typically, when a guy leaves the school, uh, for reasons such as Sam or you know, for any other host of reasons they leave and go to a junior college, they typically don't come back. So you can kind of look for Sam to be heading somewhere else uh, once he's completed uh, his time at the junior college. All right, Bill Green, next up on the show. Uh, it's, a, it's a very big day tomorrow. You know, sometimes when you're 17, 18 year old, this becomes a very difficult decision for you to make on your own. Uh, sometimes your parents are really heavily involved. Sometimes they're just not involved at all. I've seen it on both extremes. And, uh, you know, it just kind of depends on the kid. Um, is he mature enough to make this decision on his own? Um, you know, for my two boys, it was their decision. We, you know, offered some guidance, his, his, you, know, you know, both. My wife and I offered guidance in, in terms of how to go about making decisions, but the decision was theirs. I know a lot of uh, U, UM fans were uh, disappointed about both of them choosing Florida, but, uh, you know, it was their decision to make. It's their life. I'm not going to choose their wife or their home or their, you know, cars and things of that nature. So, you know, some of the smarter smarter fans out there, or maybe, let, let me say the more mature and experienced fans, understand that part of it, um, that, you know, my life was my life. It was an easier decision for me to go to Miami back when I was making it. And the decision was their decision. Why would I force them to go to a school or uh, have them choose a school? And it's not really where they want to be. That's not how you run things as a parent. All right, one more question from Instagram Live before I bring on my next guest, Bill Green. Uh, and it's, do you feel Max recruiting issues are really issues? Or is he really evaluating and finding diamonds in the rough? I really believe in uh, Florida's staff ability to uh, evaluate talent and staffs that go around just chasing the stars and the ratings and stuff of that nature um, they really run themselves into trouble so what you have up there Florida is a very good staff in terms of coaching and then also in evaluating talent and sometimes what a coach can see is not what uh, reporters and fans can see now fans are going to get themselves all wrapped up in the five stars and they get this five star four star because that's really all that they know that's the only thing that they really can wrap their hands around, a guy being rated a four or five star. But in reality, there's more that goes into just, you know, looking at a star rating. Um, you know, what skills does a guy bring to the table, what he project to be, and then how well will he fit into our system and uh, everything else that goes along with it. So, you know, it's, 
it's difficult for fans to have to calm down. If your school doesn't get all the five stars, then you're, you know, you're all bent out of shape. But uh, I don't see it as a problem. Um, you've seen these guys, you know, develop players. And, you know, I've known Randy Shannon for an awfully long time. And, uh, yeah, I know the man can coach his rear end off. So I think uh, Florida fans should probably calm down. And then, you know what, in terms of in, in, for the fans, I think they're going to close pretty good tomorrow anyway, if you're into that star rating stuff. But thanks for the question, Swamp Central. Uh, you can keep bringing them here. I'm on Instagram Live. I'm on Twitter, at Gridiron Studs. And you can also call in to the show here, uh, 347-633-9365. But on the line with me right now, one of my favorite guys in the reporter recruiting world. He's a ball of fun. Um, and uh, I always appreciate it when he can take time out and uh, join us here on the show. I think sometimes he calls around this time of year because just talking to someone from Florida makes him feel warm up there in the cold Midwest. Bill Green, how you doing? Doing good, Chad. How you doing tonight? Doing doing well, my friend. Uh, getting ready for one more National Signing Day in my household. Third one is the last one, and it's Marco Wilson. And uh, just getting ready for that last time. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I was just thinking today, knowing that I was going to be calling you tonight, I actually remembered back to that day when we were at the FAU camp. Remember that day? And I, I, do. I think that was Marco's, was that his first offer? I believe it was, wasn't very it? First offer. Yeah, very first offer. Yeah. Came from, uh, came from oh, FAU. Kind of, I think he got one at the same time from Temple that same day, but I, I call that okay. FAU one yeah, what a great day that was, and boy, he's come a long way since then, and uh, happy for both, both your guys. I mean, both um, moving on to new challenges in their lives, and, uh, you know, great kids. It was just a pleasure to cover them, and, um, you know, great mom, and, and, yeah, I don't know where you fit into this thing, but, man, a lot of there. You have to get coverage with you all kicked your coverage with your family. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, what what yeah, a great we, family you have. We all aim uh, to do that, so appreciate to at least at least accomplish that one thing in my life. And so, um, yep. uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, you, I'm, you, you can. All right, let's, yeah, you hit a home let's run. Get, hit a home run with that family. So, what's yeah, what do you, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, listen, let's just start with the big heavy hitters, man. The two guys right now that get a lot of press. In the Big Ten, and of course, that's Jim Harbaugh and Urban Meyer. And you know, I was, you know, commenting before you got on um, that you would think, as as hard as they compete on the field, is that you would think these two would go at it a little harder in terms of fighting for the same recruits. But for some reason, that doesn't happen as much as people think it would happen. Why do you think that is, Bill? You know, these guys are both national recruiters. I mean, it's not like the old days when it was Lloyd Carr going against Jim Trestle, and they were basically fighting over the top kids in Ohio. That's the way it used to be. N- not anymore. I mean, Ohio State will sign maybe five or six kids from Ohio in this class. Michigan might take one or two kids from Ohio in this class. Those days are over. You know, they go from California to Texas to Florida. I mean, they, the world has gotten smaller, I think, as social media has expanded things and you know the days of just recruiting in the midwest for those schools those days are long gone so they can they feel both those guys feel they can go anywhere in america and get whoever they want so they really don't bump heads that much like you would think like it was 10 years ago 
Yeah, yeah, I, 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 that was one of the things that was on my mind. You know, Urban was there already, and then Harbaugh came out. I was like, oh, man, they're going to be fighting over some guys. But as I sit here and look at it, you're right. Um, these guys, uh, they have a big reputation. So do the schools that they're coaching for, and the Internet has opened up all the borders. And so these guys are going all over the place. They're in California. They're certainly down in Florida. They're in Texas and New Jersey and everywhere else that has a good football player. Whether they're fighting over the same guys or not, they're both bringing in great classes who, in terms of the recruiting rankings, is winning that, that war right now, according to Scout.com? It's close, you know. I mean, it, it's very close. Ohio State um, is going to have a lot smaller class than Michigan. So if you're looking at, like, an average star ranking, the Ohio State average star ranking is probably going to be 4.2, which is pretty unheard of. When you take a four-star, your ranking goes down. But Michigan is really close. They're going to take – a lot more kids. Ohio State will take 21. Michigan will take 27 probably this year. And their star ranking is probably 3.9. So you're splitting hairs. I mean, they're both bringing in great football players. You know, if you look at the game they had this year, it's an overtime game decided on a controversial call. So you're looking at two dead-even programs on the field, two great coaches, Two great recruiting staffs. I mean, they're just mirror images of each other. You know, they hate each other, and they would never admit that they're like the other one. But they are. Yeah. I, they're mirror, mirror programs. In a lot of ways, and you know, they're two extremely competitive individuals. So, um, and that's caused everyone else in the conference to, you know, up their game. I'm, I'm getting this question off of Instagram Live. I'm full. I'm going full um, new era here. I'm on Instagram Live. But uh, someone wanted to ask, uh, is Harbaugh having as much success in SEC country as, as uh, you know, maybe some others? How well is he doing down here? Um, I think he's concentrated more on the East. I mean, he's killing that New Jersey area. But mm-hmm. um, he's had the ability to go anywhere. You know, he got that, that uh, he's got a couple IMG kids, I believe. He got the center, Cesar Ruiz. I mean, he's going to go wherever he, ha- he feels like he has to go. And he's not he's not scared to go anywhere, you know. I think same thing. With, I think Urban is concentrated probably more in the SEC area than Harbaugh has. Mm-hmm. But neither of these guys they don't care. I mean, I, it does not matter when they see a guy that they want. You know, Urban's got the guys from from Las Vegas coming in. Tate Tate Martell got Wyatt mm-hmm. Davis out of California. I mean, you can look all they're scattered. This class is coming from everywhere. Trayvon Grimes out of Florida, and Harbaugh's doing the same thing. I mean, those guys, they do not – there are no borders. Yeah, and listening to you, Bill, and talking about the areas in where Harbaugh is making some serious headway and then talking about the areas in which Urban Meyer is, is, you know, planting his flag, it kind of matches up with the style of of play that they have. Um, You know, Harbaugh wants to get back to Michigan football where it's tight ends and fullbacks and, um, you know, some serious run blocking and, 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 you know – some heavy physical football, and that kind of lends itself to the areas that you called out. Whereas uh, Urban Myers, you know, really trying to duplicate what he had down here in Florida where he had a super explosive team, so that would lend itself to him being down a little bit more in SEC country and, and uh, going out west and grabbing some skill player types. Am, am I right or wrong on that? Yeah, no, I think you're right. And and there is a there, – while they're mirror images, there are specific areas where they're different, and you just touched on it. I mean, Harbaugh wants to play Bo Schembechler football, and Urban wants to play it the way he's always played it, with that spread offense, 
you know, a lot of flash and dash where Harbaugh just wants to, wants to pound you into submission. So there is a subtle difference there on how they want to run their offense. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about this. It was a big story during the week, um, and it was something that happened last weekend on the Ohio uh, during the Ohio State official visits, and that's with uh, prospect out of Florida, uh, James Robinson, who was very high on Florida's list, and uh, was someone that Ohio State was um, extremely interested in, and then had an un- unfortunate incident there where first it was reported that he was arrested and cited for possession, um, and now the kid said he wasn't arrested. Tell us exactly what you know about what happened there and then what effect has it had on this young man's recruit? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, we – and I'm sure you, you've taught your children that, you know, you're, there's consequences to bad behavior. Now, James Robinson was not arrested per se. Uh, in Ohio, he, he was uh, cited with possession of marijuana, small quantity, so you don't get arrested with a small quantity. You get cited. There's a difference. So um, I think he'll have to pay a fine. I don't think he has to appear or anything like that. But just the, the publicity and that thing hitting the national wires, I mean, the devastating effect on that guy. I mean, I, I think it was going to turn out to be a Florida-Ohio State battle. Well, I don't think either school will take him tomorrow. You know, he may end up at Central Florida or South Florida and, Man, you just don't, you know, when you try to look at this, not from a recruiting guy's point of view, but, you know, look at this as a dad. You know, how devastating could this have been if this had happened to Marco or Quincy or to my son? You know what I mean? It's just, it's horrible. And the bad thing is, is when you're a four-star, five-star kid, your mistakes will be played out on the national stage. You know, I mean, if there's another another kid from Lakeland High School tonight gets caught with marijuana, it's not going to be, you know, you're not going to see much of it. But when it's James Robinson, my God, that played out nationally. So yeah, it was you know, everywhere. Oh, everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. I mean, so just a terrible decision on that kid's part. And that kid's a heck of a football player. I mean, he's a darn good football player. So you know, I feel bad for him. But man, there's you know, you know, there's there's consequences to your behavior. Yeah, it's a tale and it's a lesson for. Uh... For guys out there, you know, a good coach that I coach with uh, had this thing. You're either going to be the example or you're going to be the warning. And uh, he's the warning right now. So hopefully he can recover from this. I want to ask about one more, uh, you know, one more school uh, in in your area that gets forgotten in all this. And, you know, certainly this year they didn't have the kind of seasons that they've had in the past. But with all that's going on with Harbaugh and Meyer, and they just seem to be grabbing up everybody, how is Michigan State doing on the recruiting trail right now in the Midwest? They're doing real well. I mean, they're getting their kind of kids, and Michigan State is a different program than almost anyone else in America. I mean, and they're better off when they're getting those three-star kids that nobody else wants. They bring them in with right. a chip on their shoulder. And, boy, do these guys – you talk about coaching people up. Nobody does it like Michigan yeah, State. They, they have tremendous developing talent. Oh, they're tremendous evaluators and they're tremendous developers. So, you know, in the past couple of years, they really did some flash recruiting. And mm-hmm. I, I wonder if they kind of got away from being who they are 
and last year it kind of bit him in the butt maybe. This year's recruiting class are back to, you know, when you see these guys on the Internet, you really expect to see them in flannel shirts and lunch pails and yeah. you know, workers. These are work, worker guys, man. I mean, there's no, no divas. You don't make it at Michigan State if you're a diva, and it ain't going to happen for you. Yeah, and um, they, and they, you know, listen. I think they've gotten back to that, and I'm with you. Maybe they departed from that. And, you know, uh, the the internet now, social media can put so much pressure on you that I, I think with with you know Urban Meyer and, and Jim Harbaugh and some other names coming into the conference and James Franklin and uh, guys that are pretty good at nailing down four stars and five stars. Maybe Michigan State felt a little pressure there, but it's good. I think after falling backwards here a little bit. I think they're just getting back to their roots, and that is getting the lunch pail guys and developing the heck out of them. I, I agree with you. And, you know, the thing people forget is in the last four years, D'Antonio's 2-2 two and two against Urban Meyer. One of those losses is one point, and he's won six out of seven against Michigan. So people do overlook this program. They're elite. And I think last year's an aberration. I think you're right it off. They had a horrible rash of injuries last year. It was brutal. Um, they ended up playing walk-ons and, you know, guys that they did not want to play last year, guys that should have been redshirted end up playing. I think next year you're going to see Michigan State be Michigan State again, and it's just a team that you do not want to play. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking to see what how they battle back from this year. So, Bill – Tell me what you're going to be doing tomorrow on National Signing Day, and what do we got? To, what do we look forward to uh, from Scout.com? Yeah, for me, I've got a lot of different radio shows to do tomorrow, a lot of media obligations. But in between all that, I'm going to head over to Maslin High School. They've got a kid, an offensive lineman, Thayer Mumford. We'll be making his choice tomorrow, four-star O lineman. I think he's going to pick Ohio State, and um, so I'll be there for that. But that's the only. Thing I leave the house for that one thing. Other than that, it's a lot of media obligations and just being available to our subscribers to answer any questions they have. Uh, you know, signing day in our business is kind of like Christmas Day, and you kind of just you kind of just enjoy it with the family. You know, it's it's a lot of fun to be with the subscribers and celebrate with them and commiserate with them and listen to them whine and whatever they got to do. We're we're there, man. Yeah, and I think it's cool for you because you've been probably watching some of these kids from you know, ninth, maybe even eighth grade. And uh, yep. now you get to see them um, hit that stage, man. It's like the Super Bowl for those kids. Yeah, no doubt. And, and the one thing I would say, I know you've got young guys that, listen, I've got one of my best, I'm not going to mention a name, but I've got one of my best kids, great kid, great family. And he's been committed to a school for six months. And he is not going to be able to sign tomorrow because he did not meet NCAA academic requirements. He's going to be forced to go to a junior college, and that is very mm -hmm. sad. So if there's any young guys listening today, you know, tomorrow skip, skip the appointment with the personal trainer and go see your guidance counselor and know where you're at okay. academically. Know where you have to be academically. There's nothing sadder than this, Chad. This kid that I'm talking about, again, I will not mention his name, wonderful kid, a great kid, but he fell short of his academic requirements, and – you know, instead of heading to a nice power five school with a good life, he's had to do a junior college, and that's not a good life all the time. Yeah, unfortunately, um, a, a lot of these kids, you know how they are when you're teenagers. You only want to deal with right, what's right there in front of you. So you tell them in ninth, tenth, and even eleventh grade, and uh, they might not be taking it seriously, but they get around to 
you know, they're, they get around to their senior year and they try and make up for all that stuff. And if some of the kids out there will know it's seriously hard to raise that GPA once you get to your senior year. But, Bill, man, I appreciate you coming on. Enjoy your day tomorrow and run down all those leads and have some fun. It's, your, it's you guys at the Super Bowl tomorrow. All right, Chad. Thanks a lot, and congratulations to both of you again, man. They're, those are two beauties there, and I've enjoyed watching them both grow up and succeed. Thank you very much, Bill. I appreciate it, man. Looking forward to talking to you again. All right, that's Bill Green, Scout.com, joining us here on the Gridiron Stud Show again. We're on. Uh, I'm on Instagram Live. I think I got to end this thing here. I'm getting a countdown. What the? I don't know. You had. To, you have a time limit on live videos. Well, anyway, I'm going to probably have to cut off here for a moment and jump back on. Um, I didn't know you had time, line, time limits on this thing. Nevertheless, uh, we're, uh, if you want to call into the show, you got a question, feel free to call in 347-633-9365 or direct your questions to me uh, on Twitter at Gridiron Studs. And uh, we'll be happy to take your questions here. When I turn off on Instagram Live, I'll come back on. Feel free to send your questions there as well. I'll try to answer some of them on uh, there as well. All right. Um, I got my next guest on, and it's time to talk some University of Miami. I'm down here in South Florida, for those of you listening for the first time. I'm down here in South Florida, and the University of Miami is the local team, and they've been doing pretty damn good out on the trail. So I'm happy to have this guy on, and we'll talk about it. But there's some there's some jump balls out there, aren't there, Corey? Uh, yeah, guys out there yeah, absolutely. You know, Florida and, uh, and Miami, and, and you could tell because – you, you see all of the shots being fired by fans out on Twitter. Have you been following that? Yeah, man, with all these kids, especially with the Brian Edwards recruitment, obviously Chris Henderson. I mean, there's a lot. Like, right now, man, there's so many jazz being poked. And, like, early on today I've been working and pre-writing stories for tomorrow. But there's, like, a five-minute span where I just kind of kick back and kind of look at the message boards and see how bad people are melting down. And all the stuff that people are saying to each other, it's that time of year, man. It's finally here. <laughs> yeah, I like that word. Melting down, man, because that's pretty much exactly what the heck's going on, man. It's a seriously well, you complete. You saw when Kai Herbert when Kai Herbert picked Miami. Yeah, that's one of the first things I did. I went to the Florida board and then just to see. And it's one of those things, man. Recruiting is so crazy, man. It's just you can see how important it is to some of these fans and how like important football is overall in some of these people's lives. Yeah, and it is it it is everything. And you know what, man? I think that is what we appreciate um, with college football. That's why you like college football maybe a little bit more than. The NFL is just the true passion of the fans. And, and you know what, man? For some of the fans, this is bigger than the national championship game. I say it is bigger than the national championship game because this involves all of the schools. You know, the national championship game just involves the two programs that are playing in it. But this right here involves everyone, and uh, everyone wants to see. We brought in the right guys that are going to get us to the national championship. And that's uh, that's just a real deal on tomorrow. So you brought up Kylian Herbert. Let's start off with him. Um, he was a Michigan recruit. He was a commit to Michigan, and then he was a heavy, heavy, heavy lean to Florida, and then uh, all of a sudden he's going to Miami. Take us through how that happened. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I always thought all along Florida had the opportunity to get the last shot um, You know, on that January 27th weekend. I always thought that was important, and that was why before – I always had Herbert kind of penciled into Florida, you know, throughout the month of January because I thought that visit would really put it over the top. But, you know, once he canceled that visit, I just thought it was all Miami. And I I thought a long time ago Miami would be in play if they really turned around. I remember meeting him when he was at Cardinal Gibbons when he was, you know, a 250-pound kid. And he used to tell me how much he loved Miami as a kid. And, you know, he used to put the you joking around and stuff. That never really left my mind. 
And then Florida was trending, you know, that was a school trending with him, you know, with all, you know, the teammates committed there. And um, when he visited, when he went on that weekend, January 20th, you know, I thought everything kind of clicked. It was his childhood favorite school. There's so much momentum with Rick. You know, they're playing a lot of freshmen. They obviously need offensive linemen, too, some young guys that build upon the trenches. So I always thought long-term, if Miami turned around, they would obviously be kind of a, a real option for him. And I think with Mark Rick, I think he was a perfect option, too, kind of relating to him. Because, I mean, with Herb, I mean, you know him, too. He's a kid really close to his family, you know, really real friendly kid, a real kid that definitely he can really relate to that coaching staff. I just thought it was like a perfect mix for both parties. And um, that was the one thing. When he went on the visit, he said they showed him a lot. And he said it was completely different from the last time I was there, meaning when he was there with Al Goldenstaff. And he was just a whole different vibe. And um, they really showed how much they care for the players. That's what he told me. And he basically said it's a school on the rise. So with all the momentum, all the recruiting momentum with obviously the staff doing a good job, freshmen playing. And then obviously I still think that being like the school he loved growing up, I just thought it all came together at the right time. And um, like I said, I thought Florida for a long time was going to get him. But once he canceled that Florida visit, I thought there's no other way he's going to go to any other school but Miami. And, yeah, he committed, I think, like yeah, 40 minutes after that. So his relationship with a position coach and Florida not having one ended up being yeah, a really big – yeah. yeah, and, and so um, that combined with whatever – um, he experienced while he was down on that Miami trip, not only got him to, you know, to jump over to Miami side, he just totally did away with the Florida trip. So you had to know once he, you know, decided to cancel a Florida trip, you, you had to think it was Miami all the way. And Miami on that weekend had uh, generated a whole lot of momentum and fans were feeling really, really good about it because around that same time, you also had Mike Harley uh, mm-hmm. decommit West Virginia. So tell us about Mike Harley Dude, is he? Does it look now like he's a lock to come to Miami, or is there is there someone else that's a legitimate player in this thing? Yeah, I would ask everyone out there if it's not Miami, what schools are going to be for him? And I thought you know UCLA, obviously they they hire away you know one of the old coaches at Michigan staff that obviously clicked with him, and then you know that was a part of the UCLA trip. And um, you know once he canceled that trip for good, he told me you know earlier that week he said I'm not going to be taking that visit, and that was just a hundred percent confirmation in my eyes that he was definitely all in with Miami. And it was kind of interesting the day I think it was the day of that he re. Uh, reaffirmed his commitment to West Virginia. That was the same day of that bowl game when West Virginia and Miami played. And the way Richards was playing and the way that game was going, I was seeing my hotel room from Under Armour game for Under Armour week, and I was thinking, like, man, the timing of all this, I wonder if this makes him think twice about what he – because, you know, Miami is always a childhood favorite school, and I just thought, you know, he's really clicking that staff, and I just think for tomorrow, if it's not Miami, someone can please tell me what other school would it be. You know what I mean? Because I thought, you know, once he decommitted from West Virginia and they separated and – Went their different ways. I thought that was, you know, that right there, plus him canceling that UCLA trip. And I'll, I'll say this. I was actually surprised UCLA um, even got to the point where they scheduled a visit. You know, that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, you know, out of, like, you yeah. know, once they made a new hire, Jed Fish. But um, overall, I know Nebraska tried to get in late. They tried to convince him to take a visit. But once I found out he was taking no more visits, him and West Virginia part of ways, you know, I just thought it was a no-brainer. And, yeah, I'd be 110% shocked if he doesn't go, if he doesn't end up at Miami. I just – I just don't see him in UCLA, Corey. I just I don't see that. Yeah, no, yeah I, I agree, man. And I just thought, you know, Miami, the thing is with him, he loves that school. He even told me earlier in the week, he's like, all I knew growing up was, you know, just Miami. I remember having a jersey while I was younger that my father gave me. And it's just one of those things, man. Some kids have affection for a certain school, and, you know, he has the offer now. And I think, obviously, there's an opportunity there in the depth chart for him to at least, you know, get some plays early on. And I, I'm a big fan of Mike. I love I love the dog in him, too. So I'm excited to see him. Wherever he goes, I think it's definitely obviously going to be Miami. I'd be shocked if there's anyone else. But either way, I'm excited for him. 
Yeah, I, uh, I, I, and I, I love Mike's game. And, um, you know, so we feel pretty solid about Mike Harley being in the University of Miami class. Let's talk about someone who uh, seemed like he was going to be solid maybe about four or five days ago. Then it turned to 50-50. Now it's leaning Florida. And it's C.J. Henderson, who's probably who was quiet. And then in the last seven days, he's uh, had the wildest recruiting probably of anyone right now. What's the deal on yeah, C.J. Henderson? Yeah, his recruitment of everyone in the state of Florida, I think, as of right now, his recruitment is the most interesting. Like you were saying, right the same weekend when Herbert visited, kind of around that, that time right there, there was so much buzz with, you know, Florida – um, supposedly couldn't get him on the phone. They couldn't even get a pitch into him. And, and, you know, with all the momentum, and then you hear whispers of, you know, him, Marty Stanley, committing to Miami. And like you said, over the past four to five days, that momentum has somewhat swung back in the direction of the Gators and his recruitment, man, tomorrow. And like I said, he's a quiet kid. He's not really showing his cards too much. And, and I, I just think overall, I think his heart is at Miami, but it's just something that's pulling him back to that Florida Gators program. And I'll, I'll always remember this tweet. I, you probably see it on Twitter now where fans can ask the recruits questions and then the recruits quote that tweet with an answer. Oh, it was God. like it was like 11 o'clock at night, and I think there was a Miami fan that said something to him like, hey, I hope you end up in Miami. And his answer, not quote me in the exact words, was, you know, me too or same here, one of those kind of responses. And it never left my mind when he said that. And I was like thinking – you know, it's like his heart's in Miami. I think that's where he wants to go, but it's just something. It's almost like he's trying to find a reason not to go there. That's what it kind of feels like. You know, that's why it's kind of dragged down. There's so much drama. But his recruitment, honestly, to me, is like a coin flip. I know a lot of people are confident that the Gators might get him, but I just still What's think, that? you know, I, I still really truly really think it's a coin flip with him. I just think I'm not going to be surprised either way with him. Um, but like I said, the Gators right now, I know their staff is confident. I know Miami staff is very confident as well. So his, of all the kids at Florida tomorrow, he's the kid that's really the one you really want to tune in and really kind of see. And then, like yeah. you said, it's Miami versus Florida. I mean, Alabama's in there, but obviously it's going to be an in-state battle when it comes when it comes down to it. But you want to talk about fans kind of getting into it, man. That's going to be that's going to be the one announcement I think that kind of sets Twitter on fire. Yeah, if he was if he was trying to build up some mystery uh, or anything like that, he's done an absolutely great job. Uh, if there's a job. Uh, needing something like that to build up drama, a writer or something for a show uh, like CJ might have a future. <laughs> Went from quiet to he's got everyone hanging on the edge of their seat tomorrow. One of these fan bases is going to be uh, pretty darn upset when all is said and done. So um, what's what, what's the other big story for the University of Miami tomorrow uh, that fans need to watch out for? Yeah, as far as guys, obviously have Miami in their top group. I mean, you could start with Brian Edwards, and um, obviously that's going to come down to Miami or Florida. Louisville's been in the mix, too. They recently hosted him for official visit. But I'm hearing on Louisville side of things, they're not too confident they're going to get him. So, obviously, I think this is going to come down to the in-state schools. And um, I think right now, I mean, going into this past weekend, I thought Miami definitely was going to get him. That's where I had him penciled in. But I've heard a lot of good whispers in regards to his visit to Florida that, you know, he's maybe told a few convinced right that he's going to be going to Gainesville when it's all said and done. And I just think the main thing here is the timing of this visit. Kind of the same thing I brought up with Herbert. I thought Miami, they've always been in good shape, but I think Florida getting them on campus right before sign day. And obviously with them needing some DBs and um, obviously with the whole Henderson thing, I think he kind of sees that as well. Probably a lot of people have Henderson probably trending um, to Miami. I just think there's more spots. Maybe he just thinks the whole SEC factor as well. But him, him and Henderson are the two. I think Florida ends up getting Edwards. I mean, that's what I'm kind of feeling. But Miami's definitely in that top two. And the other guy definitely 
definitely want to watch out for if you're uh, a Miami fan is Jordan Pouncey, the wide receiver out of Winter Park. Um, his recruitment is going to come down to Tennessee, Texas, and Miami. He had a great official visit to Tennessee this past week and really opened up his eyes. He said they really want him. And he said he basically had all his questions answered. But when it's all said and done, I think this comes down to Miami and Texas. Um, but, you know, Texas is a school I think that's going to end up getting the edge here. You know, I think with Miami, um, he loved that school growing up, and he said the lack of depth at wide receiver is what attracts him the most to the U. Um, he loves the staff, Coach Dugans. They, uh, you know, they really stress they need him as well. But I think Texas is the one school, I think, in my opinion, they've knocked it out of the park with him. And, you know, he had a great, great visit down in Austin. And as of right now, if I had to pick for Jordan Pouncey, I'm definitely leaning towards Texas. But, you know, Miami's definitely right there. So, you know, Brian Edwards and Jordan Pouncey are two guys to keep an eye on. But as of right now, I have them penciled in, the, you know, the different schools outside of Miami. What do you think's going to – you know, you used the word meltdown earlier. You think this <laughs> fan base has to sit down if Henderson and Edwards end up at Florida or, um, you know, can they, can they survive that if that's what happens tomorrow? And that it's funny you brought that up because I was thinking the same thing as far as because you know Henderson with the momentum kind of going to Florida right now and then obviously I said the same thing of Brian Edwards and that's what I think makes it so interesting because both these kids have been kind of going back and forth back and forth and as far as the meltdown oh man no it's definitely gonna if one of those schools gets both of those kids I mean it's definitely gonna be a uh, experience especially if they both end up in Miami. That's the thing with Florida. I mean, if somehow Florida ends up not getting either Henderson, obviously they didn't get Herbert, and they end up losing on Brian Edwards. I mean, that's just a hard pill to swallow if I'm a Gator fan. I mean, especially on signing day when all towns. But I do think as far as Florida, I do think they'll get T.J. Slayton. I know it's down to uh, Florida and uh, Georgia, and he's one of my favorite kids in the whole country, man. I just There's so much to like about him. I know he had a great week down in Army, too, and a lot of the people I work with definitely were raving about him. So um, if you want, like, news as far as that, Slayton's one kid, I think. I, know. I think they like that about him. I think they like that he doesn't talk so much about recruiting um, and <laughs> – that he lays low. So um, I think anything is going to be, you know, um, a a gift from him. You know what I mean? I I, I think people have just given up on trying to forecast it. One of the favorite things I like about TJ, man, is you go to his home highlights, and one of the first things that pops up is his basketball highlights. I know he's a a basketball fanatic. (laughs) And that's the one thing thing me and TJ always talk about, man, we always talk about basketball. But either way, Georgia or Florida for TJ Slayton. And right now I definitely am feeling good for for Florida right now when it comes to his decision. Yeah, it would seem so as well. But I, you know, I don't take anything for granted with, with, uh, he's kind of like, kind of like Yoda or, or one of those guys. So, yes. Uh, so way, George, I do know that Georgia definitely thought they did a great job over the weekend when they had them. I mean, that's the one thing too. I, from Georgia's from Georgia's side of things, I definitely heard good things as well. So, it should be a kind of action-packed day tomorrow in Florida, man, especially for Miami fans. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, that jump ball is uh, out there for several of these guys. Um, you know what's the good thing about the Florida and uh, Miami war? If you weren't aware of it, but you were on Twitter this week, you got to understand, <laughs> learn, and know about every single DB that's played for both Florida and uh, Miami ever. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> And I felt bad too. I know for you, man. As far as with Mark, when Marco picked Florida and stuff, I know there's for you for your Twitter. I know Miami fans kind of reached out and said some things. As, you know, as far as I know, I know, I know you've been definitely you've been, you've experienced it as far as hearing from both sides. It, it's good. It's good to have gone through it once before because uh, it, you know you're a little more experienced the second time through, and uh, your skin's <laughs> a little thicker. Um, and so you know, my mentions get heated up. I'm more 
this time around entertained by fans. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Passion. Understand it as much the first time going through it with Quincy, but I get it more now. The uh, the passion of the fans and and just how much they care about each one of their programs and it's it's you know they really just I don't want to take a shot at fans because it's not really that, but it's all they really care about is their program and everything else yep. be damned. So um, you just got to deal with that. But Corey, man, I appreciate you taking time out and your busy schedule. I know it's a very busy time for you reporters uh, here over the next you know, 12 to 24 hours, man. So I appreciate you taking time out to join us here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Yeah, thanks as always for having me on, Chad. And, uh, yeah, we'll definitely be speaking soon. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you very much. It's Corey Bender from uh, Scout.com on Talking University of Miami Recruiting. I'm going to take a quick break. When I get back, we head out west and talk with Greg Biggins from Scout.com. I'm going to talk some West Coast college football recruiting. We'll be back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Uh. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. p.m. on the East Coast here on a pre-National Signing Day Gridiron Stud Show, and I'm happy to have my next guest on, even though I messed him up on the time, and a guy like myself who's lived out in California should know better and not make this kind of error. Uh, Greg, I appreciate you coming on. Sorry, man. Hit you with the 8 o'clock. Um, well, I was talking East Coast time, not 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 your time. Sorry about that, my friend. Yeah, 
I should have known. I should have known better. No one, no one gives any love for the West Coast time. It's always Eastern Standard Time. But my bad. If you I know, get a I, ticket for driving with my phone, I'm I'm sending you the ticket though. Yeah, can we can we no, have a deal on that one? Bill it, bill it to the show. It'd have to be some kind of nutcase though, Greg, to be doing a eleven o'clock p.m. show. But you know what? Everyone's nuts this time of year with the recruiting. That is true. That is very true. I thought you'd be doing an all nighter, twenty four hour type type of deal. You know, we have I, a guy who. He's done a 24-hour chat before, so I thought maybe you might want to pull something like that off. Hey, listen, uh, a year from now, it might not seem like such a, a crazy thing to do. All right, let's jump right into it. Of interest to uh, the locals down here uh, is Elijah Blade. He's a guy that was committed to the University of Florida for quite some time, all the way out west. And, you know, some folks questioned um, his commitment even, you know, when he was months into it. Didn't feel like he would stick with this class. It looked to me like on social media he was getting a tad bit annoyed with it. And then, lo and behold, he falls out of the class. Uh, many think he's going to Nebraska. For some reason, Greg, I'm thinking USC. What do you think on Elijah Blake? You know, that's a great call right now. Everything I was hearing, the day he decommitted until, you know, probably 24 hours ago with Nebraska, I really thought that's where he was going to end up. And, but then in the last 24 hours, I'm hearing that he's rethinking Florida again. I, I don't know about USC. I haven't heard as much buzz with USC. They'll have a hat. It'll be those three schools. But I, I, number one, I don't know if USC has room. Uh, they're absolutely going to load up tomorrow. They, they potentially could have four or five guys, big-time guys, pick them. Um, but, yeah, I, honestly, I, I think there's a chance Blades could – could stick with Florida, which again is crazy. You really see a player commit, decommit, and then recommit to the same school. And when you do see it happen, it's not a within a week span of the decommitment. So, um, but I guess we'll we'll find out one o'clock West Coast time, four o'clock your time is when he's going to announce. So right now I'm thinking it's going to be Nebraska or Florida. Could go either way. So Greg Biggins thinks uh, Elijah Blades may end up back in the class for Florida. I'm just repeating your question here because. Uh, I'm doing something crazy going live on Instagram as well. Listen, I'm going, I'm going uh, full. I'm hitting all the digitals here, uh, Greg. So, uh, Greg thinks Elijah Blades. There's a strong chance he could end up back in the Florida class. So I guess he just wanted a little drama, I guess. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about some of the, the the bigger guys out west that are not committed at this point in time. Who are those guys, and where do you think? Uh, what's the read you're getting on some of these guys? Yeah, I mean, the top uncommitted player out West right now is Joseph Lewis, wide receiver out of Hawkins High School, uh, easily a top three, top four wide receiver nationally. I, I think he looks pretty strong with USC right now, along with his teammate, Greg Johnson, who's a, uh, a pretty talented two-way guy, can play some corner safety. Even running back is where I actually like him best. But I think both those two guys from Hawkins will end up choosing USC. Uh, Austin Jackson, five-star offensive tackle. Uh, out of North Canyon High School in Arizona. I think he's also a USC lean right now. ASU, Washington involved with him, but I think USC has a great chance. And then Jay Tufeli, uh, a kid who was a monster at the Army game uh, out of Utah, visited Utah this past weekend. But I'm also hearing he could be leaning toward picking USC tomorrow. So those four guys all potentially could all choose USC. And I'm also hearing Levi Jones out of Texas. USC has a great chance to get him. I think Florida State's heavily involved as well. But I know people at USC, I think the buzz is they, they're kind of confident right now. So those five guys, that's not a bad, uh, that's not a bad way to finish off signing day. 
Yeah, everything, all signs are pointing to a, a big close here for USC on signing day. And then, you know, I'm glad you brought up Levi Jones. Guys out of Texas, um, dad played for the for the Cowboys and the Dolphins. So what what's the allure to USC other than, you know, the usual um, USC being a nationally recognized program? What's the what's the allure to uh, USC for Levi Jones? You know, had a great trip, visited over the summer, visited USC and UCLA multiple times. So, it, you know, it wasn't just uh, kind of being wowed by an official visit. He actually has been multiple times and, and really liked it, felt comfortable. Um, you know, brother Caleb played at Arizona, so there's some West Coast uh, vibe out there already. Uh, great trip. Love the, you know, love the coaching staff. Um, I think likes the direction the program's going in right now. Feels it's, you know, potentially going to be a top five program next year. Uh, was comfortable with the whole, you know, L.A. scene and, and all that, that can, you know, post-college football. Um, you know, you're talking yeah, alumni support. You're talking networking, all, all that kind of thing. And he just seemed like he was kind of an L.A. kid, honestly, if you ever talked to him. Uh, so I'm not saying he's a lock by any stretch, um, but I do think USC's got a realistic shot, a much better shot than I anticipated, you know, a couple, uh, you know, a couple days ago. Now I'm hearing, you know, they got a real shot. Yeah, you aren't you aren't the only one saying that. So uh, this isn't totally coming out of left field. I want to talk about a guy that came from these parts and has headed out west, deep into the northwest, and uh, that is Willie Taggart, uh, former USF coach, now at Oregon. Tell us a little bit about how he's doing out on the trail. You know, a little bit of a late start. And really, uh, I don't know what kind of ties he had to, to the West or Northwest coming into this thing. How's he been faring? I know he's grabbed a couple of guys out of Florida, but how's he doing on the West Coast? So he's doing unbelievable, to be honest with you. He is – they're going to close extremely strong. And, and they already have. But he, he went in and – first off, they, he put together a great staff. It's a great staff full of recruiters from – you know, Keith Hayward, who was at USC, has those strong West Coast ties at Louisville last year. Charles Clark, the DB coach at Colorado. Mario Cristobal, obviously a guy you know well. Uh, Joe Salavea from Washington State, who's probably, you know, one of the top DL coaches and really connects well with the Polynesians. And, and that's really where Oregon's doing a great job is, is with the Polynesians. You know, a guy like Josh Falo, not to bring up USC again, uh, but he's down to Oregon and USC. Those are his two finalists. He's going to announce tomorrow. Right now, my, again, just going off gut feel, I get, I get a gut feel it's going to be Oregon. It could definitely be USC. I, again, I don't know how they have that many spots left. Um, but Fela visited last weekend. Uh, several players that were already committed to Oregon bypass taking official visits elsewhere to go do an unofficial on their own dime uh, to go recruit and, and help out that staff. So, um, you know, they, they're really doing well. Thomas Graham wasn't really even looking at Oregon. He was probably going to end up at Nebraska. Taggart went in there, late home visit, sealed the deal with him. You know, Diamondo Lador, a uh, big-time guy, will announce tomorrow. I believe it will be Oregon. He's a top 100 guy, an athlete. Uh, Jalen Red, uh, I, I believe he will also will choose Oregon. He's a soft commit, but I think he'll solidify tomorrow. Both those two kids, I think, were going elsewhere. Uh, Taggart came in right before the dead period and did home visits with both of them. And I, again, I think they got a great chance to, to line up both. Uh, Giuliano Falonico, a linebacker out of Samoa, who is a USC commit, visited Oregon this past week. I think they have a great chance to flip him on signing day. So, again, great staff, great job by Taggart, uh, really closing well. And, and, again, not just on guys that were Oregon leads, but talking about guys that weren't even looking at Oregon are now most likely going to sign with them. So, uh, I think he's done a great job. Yeah, um, I, I questioned the hire because of, the you know, perhaps the perceived lack of ties out west, but then you also realize that um, Willie Taggart's a pretty smooth dude and uh, looks like he's going to – do pretty well, at least in the early going here with the 
with the recruiting out west, and then, you know, who you, you know, the staff you put together has a lot to do with uh, how you do on the recruiting trail. So kudos to him for that. How about Washington? You know, I'm looking at them in the rankings. Um, obviously a great season. And, you know, from that standpoint, you would think with, with the kind of season that they had, they'd be able to jump up a little bit more um, into a little closer into the top ten. What do you make of that? Is that just not Washington's thing? They don't really go for that? Or is there something else at play here? No, I mean, I, honestly, they, they were hurt by a couple late defections. You know, big-time D-tackle, Marlon Tui-Pelotu, a, a top 50 national guy. Uh, he flipped to USC. Uh, again, talk about USC closing. Uh, and he actually early in, already enrolled. It's kind of hard for me to say. Already early enrolled uh, just this week. So that really hurt them a lot. He was a long-time Washington commit. And then also they lost Connor Weddington, uh, another player who was a long-time uh, Washington commit. He decommitted the day he got into Stanford, uh, and then he made it official just yesterday. And, again, uh, you know, you can never blame the kid for, for choosing Stanford. That was kind of the dream school. Uh, but, again, it, it hurts. You know, those are two uh, – you know, with Connor, he's an in-state kid, um, you know, a guy who they thought they had locked up. But, you know, still, you know, still a great class. I know they would have probably loved to sign Foster Sorrell big time offensive tackle, but he's also going to Stanford. But look at their class, good wide receiver, good wide receiver class, Alex Cook, Ty Jones, Terrell Bynum. Uh, you know, they, they, they did well. Is, is it a, a class that's going to cause a lot of, create a lot of buzz? Probably not. But again, that staff has shown that they can really do a lot of, uh, a really good job of developing players and, and coaching them up. And, you know, I think we all know that's probably even more important than, than just recruiting top guys and being able to coach those guys up and develop them. And, and they have a great system that obviously works. Uh, so, sure. uh, yeah, not a top 10 class, but overall, I still think Washington did, did, did pretty well. Yeah. And, you know, I can, uh, you know, I believe in their ability to coach, so, too. So it isn't always about nabbing all of those four and five stars. You know, some of those guys can be fluffed up a little bit. You've been in the business long yeah, enough, so absolutely. you know that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're really good. Yeah, I was just talking with Bill Green from Scout about uh, Michigan State and what they do, and they never really concerned themselves with top ten classes. I have a feeling Washington is going to be that, too. I did go back and look at Washington's 2014 class because, you know, you figured that was a lot of the guys contributing to what they had this season. And uh, you had Buda Baker in there and uh, Sidney Jones and, and, and Pettis in there. And they weren't the highest-ranked guys. But lo and behold, they went out there and got the job done for them this season. No, and honestly, and, uh, Sark, you, you got, and people don't like him up at Washington right now, but Sark brought in a lot of those guys. You know, John Ross was an electric guy. who We, we actually had him as a, a four-star. Joe Mathis was a four-star, dominant D lineman. Elijah Falls was a four-star. Buda was a, a high four-star. Uh, so, I mean, the quarterback, um, you know, Jake Browning, those are all Sarks guys. So, they, again, nice job. Don't want to credit him probably if you're a Husky fan, but when you look and see that roster last year that played against Bama, most of those difference makes on the field uh, were brought in by Sark. Yeah, um, and he did a fine job there, and, you know, hopefully they can continue that going. And it looks like they will as well. So what do you have going on tomorrow? You know, I'm asking all of, all of my reporters on, you know, we all talk about what the day is like for the – for the player and for the parents and um, and the coaches and all that, but what's it like for you tomorrow? What do you have going on? What do we look? What do we need to look out for from Greg Biggins tomorrow on Scout.com? Yeah, so I'm going to be on Fox Sports West. They do a they do a two hour signing day show from one o'clock to three o'clock, and I usually get there you know around eight eight fifteen and and just kind of watch everything and take everything in like everyone else. Um, you know, you'll do the you know kind of little rehearsals and whatnot and, and do a lot of pre-taping. We have four kids that are going to actually be committing on the show. 
so those that'll be kind of cool. But yeah, I'll be up in the studio and again just kind of watching it on the on the screen and then doing the show. And once it's over, man, I'm 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 signing out. I'll probably do a couple more radio shows and then taking a taking a little break, a little vacation. It's gonna that best part about signing day is when it's over and you just know that you can kind of take a <laughs> take a breath and yeah. just know that you don't have to worry about doing anything for a couple of days. Completely shut down. Hey, I've got a, a signing day in my household. It's the last one for me, the third and final one. I think Thursday, I think I'm going to just throw my phone somewhere and get missing for an entire 12 hours. I think I might just do that. Nice, nice. Good for you. Yeah, so. Good for you, man. Yeah. yeah, well, Greg, I'm sorry about the time mix-up. Appreciate you coming on at, at 5, uh, 5.20, 5.15 Pacific time. <laughs> it worked out better. It worked out better for me. No, I appreciate you having me, as always. Thanks, Chad. Yeah, Greg, we'll be looking forward to your reports and right. uh, everything. Congrats, congrats to you. Hey, congrats to you on your son and all your boys. That's awesome, man. College for free and obviously going to big-time school. So congrats and uh, enjoy the day tomorrow. Thanks, man. Nothing could be better. Appreciate it. Yep, you got it. All right. Greg Biggins from Scout.com joining us here to talk West Coast recruiting. USC looking to have a big signing day close. Looks like they're going to get the job done once again. Uh, the rich get richer. But uh, also, Willie Taggart doing well out there, according to Greg. And um, Washington continue to do their thing. A couple of unfortunate happen in their class, but uh, they're never really up there in that top 20. They're coaching a rare end off there, uh, up there in Seattle. All right, so listen, from uh, west, we're going to come all the way back down south, and we're going to talk to Andrew Spivey because it's been a complete and total war going on on Twitter between the University of Miami uh, and the University of Florida. Still, we are trying to figure out who in the heck is DBU. Is it Miami or is it Florida, Andrew Spike? How's it going, Chad? Doing well, man. Talking my rear end off here. That's, uh, that's usually for you, Chad. It's a big day for you. That's right. It's the Super Bowl. Absolutely, and like you said, it's uh, it's been wild. It's uh, it's been a wild uh, last uh, couple of days, uh, really last couple of weeks. Uh, the timeline on Twitter, the message boards. Uh, you think Miami and Florida were actually playing a game on the field soon? Oh yeah, you, you would think it was going to happen this year, but it's not going to happen for a couple of years. And so, uh, very interesting what's been going down, and this is happening primarily because. There are several recruits that are in play for both Florida and Miami. I called it a jump ball when I had Corey Bender on earlier talking about Miami's recruiting. There's a jump ball out there right now, and it's uh, who's the ball? It's Brian Edwards. It's C.J. Henderson. So uh, let's just start with those two guys. What's, what are the T's reading out? What's the T-Lees reading for C.J. Henderson and Brian Edwards? Where, where do you think Florida ends up with these two guys? Yeah, I think they split, honestly. I think Florida gets Brian Edwards, and I think Miami gets C.J. Henderson. Uh, had you asked me this this time last week, I'd have probably told you the opposite, that Henderson was going to go to Florida and Edwards was going to go to Miami. Uh, but a last-second push uh, from Miami uh, kind of swung the momentum back in their favor uh, with Henderson. You know, Henderson being a commit to Miami all the way until July of this year, he decommits, and everyone thought it was going to be Florida. Uh, he had several times that he was going to so-called announce for Florida. Never happened. He went on his official visit to Florida, and then kind of crazy that it 
the momentum actually swung after the visit instead of before the visit. So uh, heading in, I, I think they split. Um, Florida did a really good job on Brian Edwards uh, this past weekend. It's kind of been one of those guys Randy Shannon's kept in touch with. Uh, maybe he's been a little bit under the radar for Florida fans because they thought they were getting Henderson. Uh, but Shannon always has that backup plan, and that's exactly what Brian Edwards uh, kind of was for them. It was a guy that – they were keeping on the load just in case they wanted him, and he had a really good season, and he's a guy that I personally think is going to be a big player for Florida, a tall, uh, kind of rangy cornerback that Torrey Gray really likes. Yeah, um, and just repeating the question, because I'm also doing Instagram Live here, and they can't really hear your responses here, but Spivey thinks um, Florida is going to split on the two defensive backs, thinks Florida gets Edwards, and uh, Miami gets C.J. Henderson, well, let's let's take a little about face here and talk about a story that came out during the week. Uh, I happened to see it. Uh, I didn't really pay it much of any mind, Spivey, but, you know, a lot of people did and were talking about it. And that was a report that came out that uh, someone had video of University of Florida players, off, I mean, coaches offering money to a prospective recruit. Tell us a little bit about that story how did it come out? Where did it come from? And then ultimately what happened to that story as it died of death? Yeah, I mean, supposedly it came from a, from the rival's main board uh, from a Miami fan. I, to be honest, I, I didn't see it from there. Um, I, had, I actually had seen it on Twitter and then on, on my message board on Gator Country. Uh, someone had screenshotted the uh, the message from the guy. And, you know, it kind of it spread like wildfire, like like everything does on social media nowadays. It, it was there, kind of spread like that, and, and it got out. And then Mark Richt and the Miami staff started calling some of Florida's uh, commits, asking them if they knew about these allegations, uh, and were asking those guys to visit Miami uh, this past weekend. Uh, one of those guys being Malik Davis uh, with Miami missing out on Anthony McFarland. They needed a running back, and uh, so they called Malik. They, they used that, that pitch that Florida could be in trouble uh, to get them in. That's kind of what set the, the two fan bases off. Uh, you know, I, I personally didn't, didn't really care for the fake NCAA rumors. I, I kind of think that's uh, uh, going a little too far uh, when, when you kind of bring a, a guy, a man's uh, job jeopardy uh, in question over that stuff. But that's kind of what it, what it did. It all escalated from a Miami fan. Let's just try and make this. Let's just try and make this clear, Andrew, because you know it was put out there early that the story was put out by University of Miami coaches. But let's clear that up. It was not. It was not the coaches. It was a fan. Correct. Correct. That is correct. Uh, yeah. No, I, I'm not sure where that so-called IP address or whatever came from. It came from a fan. I, I believe uh, uh, Chad to, to go back to the week, and I believe a fan admitted to it uh, that he did it. Uh, I think what what made things bad was that someone, you know, had had passed it along to the staff, and then the staff called a commit. That's really what kind of set things uh, really ab- um, going between the fan base. Right, right, and I can see that happening. Another thing that I did see too, as well, though is that Miami fans were accusing a Florida fan of, you know, creating an account as though they were a Miami fan and tweeting recruits and, you know, harassing Miami targets. Uh, Did you see that at all? What's your comment on that? 
you know, I, I didn't see that actually. Uh, funny enough, I, I didn't actually see that. Uh, that one, I, you know, I, I definitely seen Miami fans, uh, you know, talking, uh, talking to Florida fans about about all the the stuff going on. I, I didn't notice the fake account uh, come about, uh, but I I don't doubt you because everything else was thrown out there. Yeah, um, it, listen, it's uh, it's re- right now. It's a huge war. Uh, maybe things get split tomorrow. But if it goes 100% to one side or the other, there's going to be some serious um, head and hands. Uh, one fan base wanting to hang themselves and another fan base just uh, really giddy out of this world. Uh, one of the guys who, you know, has been in play over the last week and, you know, it shouldn't have been that way. He was committed for quite some time. Um, but, it, you know, I just talked about it with Greg Biggins, and that's Elijah Blake. Uh, was a Florida commit for quite some time, and then suddenly he wasn't after a Nebraska trip. Where do you think uh, Blaze goes? Where do you think Florida is with that? What's the latest with Elijah Blaze? Yeah, you know, I think he ends up in Nebraska. It's it's a, it's a Florida-Nebraska uh, thing going right now. And, you know, USC's been mentioned. Uh, we've been told that USC isn't exactly in play for it and that it's going to be a Florida-Nebraska battle. I, I personally think he ends up in Nebraska. I know the, the Blades family definitely favors Florida. Uh, they've, they've been very clear about that and outspoken that they favor Florida uh, throughout the process. But Elijah's a little closer to the DB coach in Nebraska. Uh, he's a guy from the, from the Pasadena area as well. And that's going to ultimately, I think, is what's going to weigh the decision. You know, he's, he's very close to Tim Skipper at Florida, but that's not his position, Coach. So I, I believe Nebraska will be the pick. Uh, I would actually be shocked if it was Florida. You just, In my opinion, you just don't see very many guys flip this late in the uh, process and then come back to your school. Yeah, you know, Biggins feels like Florida is, is a serious uh, player in this thing and shouldn't be discounted. And, and, you know, of course, he's been around long enough to, to you know, know what it is that you just said. But uh, he says don't discount them. I'm saying, I'm saying USC is a bigger player than people think. <laughs> so we got three people who all of us are picking. One of them is going to be right, Chad. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all over the place with Elijah Blade. LeBron Ray, how about that? That would be a big catch for, uh, for the University of Florida. What are the chances that Florida lands LeBron Ray? Uh, you know, I, I said earlier I thought it was 70-30 Alabama to Florida. Uh, you know, I, I do know that LeBron Ray is, is not your typical, you know, Alabama recruit and that he didn't grow up dreaming of playing at Alabama. Uh, he didn't exactly, you know, grow up a, a big-time football fan. Uh, he has family in Gainesville. He has family actually in Baton Rouge at LSU. Uh, so he has a lot of family elsewhere. And it's been very clear from the beginning that family doesn't mind wherever he goes. Uh, I, I personally think, though, it's Alabama. He has a father that's a little older, uh, doesn't like to travel a ton. I think that's ultimately what keeps him in Alabama. Uh, I know Florida made a good run for it, and, and they believe they're still in it uh, as of tonight. Uh, as far as I know, they haven't told Le- – LeBron hasn't told either staff no yet. Um, I, I just personally think Alabama It's closer to Hall with Dad not liking to travel. I, I would say Alabama's the pick right now, but Florida definitely made it interesting and have Alabama a little worried throughout the process. So what's the big catch for Florida tomorrow? Uh, probably the big catch tomorrow uh, is probably – Make the fans, make the fans uh, happy right now. 
<laughs> I would say T.J. Slayton is, is probably the guy that uh, a lot of people will be very happy about. It. Everyone likes the rankings, and he's a high-rate guy. Uh, Brian mm-hmm. Edwards will be another guy. Um, and then, you know, everyone likes the Darius Lemons story. So if they're able to get Darius Lemons in the class, then, then I think that uh, they'll make a lot of people happy with it. Uh, yeah, you know, I think I think it's going to be a smaller class than most people expected it to be. Uh, that's not to say it'll be a bad class. It's just uh, a little smaller than most people expected. Yeah, um, you know, listen, this Florida fans have been a little bit up in arms. Let's just be honest about it. And I think I guess that's what Twitter is about. Not always the most positive thing. Um, some of the folks have said, let's fire Mac. Those are the real crazies. But uh, what, what are your thoughts about the class, assuming it finishes in a way that you have predicted right here on the show? Uh, what would be your thoughts on this class and, uh, you know, just your entire feeling on that? Yeah, I mean, I have two sides of the way that I look at this, and I think you would agree with me here when I say this, Chad. It's tough to it's tough to really digest a class right now. Let's see how they are after their freshman and sophomore seasons. Uh, I said all along that I think this is a, a solid but maybe not great class. Um, it has a, a bunch of really good players in it. Um, you missed out on some of the national headline players, uh, the, the Leatherwoods of the world, the Sean Wades of the world, uh, that would have made this better. Um, you know, it, it's for the recruiting where it should be. No, it's not. Um, but I think, once again, Mac filled his holes in spots he needed. He needed to go big on defensive backs. He went really good. I think he has two guys that play next season in Marco and, and then in Brad Stewart. And then you go to defensive tackle. He loaded up with possibly three guys that will all probably play next season. So I think he hit his spots of need. Um, but, again, I think maybe he needed some more national guys to really draw the attention back to Florida, to really draw the momentum back. But I know that Max looking into it. He's trying to fix this problem. Uh, he's got the coaching vacancy still out there that he's going to make a move. And everything we've been told is he's going to go out and find good recruiters for those spots. And, and then maybe another possible move to, to get some of those assistant coaches that maybe aren't pulling their own weight. And I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, in any business, you have to surround yourself with good people. And I think Max learning that maybe he had one or two pieces that needed to pick it up a little bit. Yeah. um, And and what are you hearing on the, on the coach front? You know, uh, what are they going to do with that offensive line? Oh, the Yeah, we've we've heard that uh, we've heard that they're gonna you know should have a uh, should have a coach in place very soon. Uh, you know, we've been told by a couple people that that one of the coaches they're looking at is February sixth is when he can get out of his contract. And everyone's looking at Jeff Stoutland at Philadelphia still, and and that's still a possibility. And I've also heard that that Florida may go to the two offensive line coach scheme where they have uh, an offensive guard and, and center coach, and then a tackle coach that kind of helps with the tight ends a little bit. So I, I think that's still in play as well and I, I from everything we've been told is that it'll be filled very soon um, you know Mac, Mac just didn't want to mess with anybody's uh, staff and, and he wanted to get his best guys that's what he's sticking to and uh, he makes the big dollars I don't yeah uh, ain't that the truth for all of us all right well listen uh, obviously a lot in play tomorrow um, and certainly Florida one of the schools out there that uh, you know a lot of eyes should be on Florida, Miami, that big war. That's going to get settled up tomorrow, uh, and the timelines will, will, uh, <laughs> will display the scoreboard. We'll call the Twitter timeline the scoreboard, so we'll just have to look out for that. Man, Spivey, I appreciate you taking 
time out to uh, come on and talk Florida Gators recruiting with us today. Appreciate that. Absolutely, Chad. Congratulations on uh, on everything tomorrow, and have a good day tomorrow. Thanks, hey, Spy. Before I let you go, uh, what what kind of coverage are we going to have on National Signing Day on Gator Country tomorrow? Yeah, well, uh, Nick Nick Delatore and I will have our chat going starting at 7 a.m. tomorrow, running all the way through Coach Max press conference at 3:15 tomorrow. Uh, we'll have plenty of updates on the message boards, um, our text alerts, and then uh, our edits on social media. That's the hot thing. So uh, if you like recruiting, starting at 7 o'clock on Gator Country, we'll have you for Florida Gator news. All right, you got it. So Gator Country, the place to check out tomorrow for uh, all of you Florida Gators National Signing Day News 5. Again, thanks for joining me, man. Appreciate it. Have fun tomorrow. You got it, Chad. Talk to you soon. All right. All right, man. Hey, look, we had Miami, we had Florida, so we got to have Florida State. And who better to have on than this next guy? It is Bud Elliott, uh, and I'm sure he has just absolutely enjoyed watching Florida and Miami go at it and just kick back and just lay off in the cut and watch the watch the bullets fly. Isn't that right, Bud Elliott? You know, there's been some really interesting back and forth last couple of days between those few fan bases. I, I've been really busy doing video stuff up here in New York. Did that Miami fan really make up that, that fake rumor? Um, yeah, I believe it was, uh, according to, to Spive, and he's done more work on this. Uh, than, than uh, certainly I have. But apparently it was a Miami fan that put that rumor out there. And Man, I'm surprised you don't see more and more of this kind of stuff because you can be so anonymous. So, um, yeah, apparently that's what happened. And uh, uh, it looks like the coaching staff ran with it and tried to flip some guys. That's what you're supposed to do, uh, you know. So it's just good recruiting to me, I guess. Yeah, and generally, look, if – it, it's a good rule that if somebody's not willing to put their name on something, you, you maybe should take the grain of salt and not believe it. Plus, I, is there anybody at Homestead worth dropping a bag on this year? I mean, I, I, you know, they've had some kids in the past, but I don't know if they have any real super top-level kids this year. <laughs> Bud, always <laughs> good to have you on throwing the little slide jabs out there. Are you Florida fans? You heard that? Bud Elliott's on here, so um, he's here to make you mad. Listen, you don't have any reason to be mad. Florida State ranked number five right now nationally, depending on where you look, um, whether that's 247 Rivals, Scout. You guys are in the top ten once again with a tremendous class. What are you most proudest about with this particular class pulled in by uh, by Florida State this year? Well, I mean, look, they, they went out and identified the needs, and it's not that hard to see if they need at running back when you lose Dalvin Cook. Uh, so they, they correctly identified that. I guess kudos uh, but then they, they went out and they did something about it. They they saw an opening when, when Cam Akers decommitted from Alabama, and then they went after it. And then Ole Miss had the NCAA cloud hanging over its head, and they were able to capitalize. And Ohio State, in my opinion, was just just too far away. You know, you, you can't make a make a good weekend trip if you're driving to, to Columbus, Ohio, from Clinton, Mississippi. And in the end, they, they you know Tim Brewster ends up beating out LSU for Cam Akers. They they add two I think really top level talents in, in Zaquander White. Uh, and, and, and Kalon LeBourne. So to, to get three of the top ten running backs in the country the year that you lose Dalvin Cook, that's, you know, hammer, meat, and nail. How do you, how do you, but how do you deal with that? How do you, how do you I mean, there's, there's one football. How are you going to deal with those three guys? And you also, you also, you know, you have Jacquez Patrick there. How are we going to, how are we going to sort out those carries? And Rasul. Amir Rasul, they got out of Gable last right. year. I mean, it, it's yeah. going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, everybody on our board has been asking, hey, is somebody going to change positions? I said, no, look, what you do, you have an open competition. 
best guy plays. If he's the all-world best player in the, you know, by, by a mile, he's probably going to get most carries. If he's not, you'll probably have running back by committee, which even going back to his LSU days, for the most part, Jimbo's had running back by committee. Um, you know, having Dalvin, a guy that special in the last few years, there wasn't as much committee. It was basically the, the Dalvin committee. But, you know, for the mm-hmm. most part in his career, he's gone, gone more running back by committee. Yeah, I, I think that's what they'll do. You'll probably have three guys get you know, the bulk of the carries, and, and two other guys will probably lose out. Are you in uh, Are you in favor of the running back committee deal? I mean, like, what if there's one of these guys that's really looking like the part? Um, you know, Florida was doing a little bit of that this year, and I felt like, you know, Jordan Scarlett was the guy, and, you know, it, a lot of fans um, didn't like seeing those carries split up. Are you – are you one for the running back by committee, or do you just want to kind of see it like it was with Dalvin? If you you got a horse, you got to put the saddle on the horse. You know, I'm running back by committee unless you have somebody like Dalvin. How about that? I, I kind of split the baby with that answer. But if you have somebody as special as Dalvin, every carry you give to somebody who's not named Dalvin, that's potentially a mistake. But if you don't have Dalvin, and look, I, I think the world of Cam Akers, but, but I don't think he's going to be Dalvin as a true freshman. Spread the carry right. around. Get everybody some game experience. Plus, if, if somebody goes down and your backups are true freshmen who've had no carries, that, that's that's not a good recipe. You definitely want to get all these guys work. Yeah, no no doubt about that. Um, and, and listen, if you're you know if you're running around looking for the next Dalvin Cook or the next Jameis Winston, you're probably setting yourself up for some some kind of a failure there because those are like they seem like generational guys. Uh, but if you can get the same effect with, with uh, a running back by committee, I guess so. These are some pretty good guys that they've pulled in. Let's talk about the defensive backhaul that they've brought in. Um, you know, that position is uh, going to get a little thin in terms of experience right here down the road. So what, talk to me about uh, the defensive back group that they've brought in this year and what's to be expected out of these guys. Well, they got BJ, uh, you know, Stanford Samuels III, and he's, I think, going to play early for them. A guy who comes in with, with really good technique. I just got banged up a little bit as a senior. They they dropped him to a, a four-star. Whatever, that, that's still a really good rating. And we all know he, he's a heck of a, a football player uh, at corner. And then at safety, they like Cyrus Fagan a whole lot. He's a guy they think can, can really play a, a true center field role for them. I think uh, I'm going to butcher this name. I always do. Hamza Nasraldine uh, out of yeah, North Carolina. Spit that one out for him. Yeah, you really if you if you say it real fast and kind of mumble uh, and, and say it with some confidence, it, it comes out all right. You guys even have to come up with a nickname, uh, okay? Yeah, exactly. Just maybe just Hamsa. I mean, I could say Hamsa. Um, there you go. He'll be like Cher. He'll just go with the first name. You know, Chad, he was a kid who really intrigued me at the Army game. I mean, it made several picks and practices. Showed a lot more range than I I realized he had. Um, and he's like six four, six four and a half. So. I, Will he end up staying at safety? Will he be kind of more of a – he may be more of a hybrid-type role. And, and as many kind of multiple hybrid defenses as you're having to play now with, with so much spread in college football, um, that's, that's not necessarily a bad spot to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, this is someone I had a chance to watch, and I, you know, I was very impressed with him in person uh, in the state championship game. He wasn't playing wide receiver. He's playing quarterback. But DJ Matthews, he's got a lot of uh, – He's got a lot of electricity to him and uh, just looks like a guy that might do some big things there for, for Florida State. He's just always making of- plays. I mean, 
DJ just, whether he's playing receiver in seven-on-seven, whether he's playing quarterback, he just makes plays. He makes big catches. He's really quick. I mean, we talk about guys so they don't have to gear down when they get in and out of their breaks. He's one of those guys. I mean, you've seen him out there playing for uh, for Pro Impact in, in seven on. It just he's really tough to cover. Um, now he doesn't want to be called a slot receiver. He's very adamant about that. So huh. I'll say maybe he's not a slot receiver long term. But uh, I think if he's going to play early, I think his best ticket to playing early may be able to get you know, get in the slot since Travis Rudolph, who played a lot of slot for them, uh, left early from mm-hmm. the NFL. Yeah, I, I, and look, whether he likes that or not, or doesn't want to be called that or not, I think that's, you know, as they say, you know, where his bread is going to be buttered, and um, he's going to be absolutely um, electric in that. Maybe he needs to put a little bit of size on, but even still, that's a guy that can still contribute early um, with what he brings to the table. So, listen, they've got such a great class right now. What's at play tomorrow? What's, what, what will Florida State fans wake up anxious about tomorrow? Uh, well, first, linebacker, and, and both both these kids are going to be going in the morning. I, my Florida State sources think they're going to get both, and, and that's Leonard Warner, four-star linebacker out of Georgia, who reminds me a little bit of like a Christian Jones who FSU had a couple years ago, and then Levi Jones uh, out of Austin, Texas. Uh, his dad played you know a decade in the NFL, played as Randy Shannon. Now he's also being pursued by Florida by USC. I think USC is the biggest threat here. For Levi Jones, uh, just a kid who and look, those folks out west. Yeah, California is a very different place than Tallahassee, and and so it, it both programs can offer you a whole lot. It kind of comes down to what, what do you like? You know, do you want more of the smaller town feel? Do you want the you know, the big city West Coast? I I don't know what he's going to do. I, I think Florida State because Brewster has been on him for a long time, and, and Tim's done a good job in Houston and in Austin for you know seemingly forever. Uh, since you know, since he got Vince Young back what a decade ago, I, I think FSU for those, but they'll start with linebackers. If, if they can get both, that, that's a great start for the class because they already got Adonis Thomas, who was kind of one of those uh, Alabama washouts who they they've got coming in and you know spent a year in junior college and and now he's he's back in the system. Uh, and then they're going to go look at receiver Henry Ruggs out, out of Montgomery. If they can mm-hmm. pull this kid. At away from Alabama, that that's really doing some serious recruiting work there by Lawrence Stassi. Um, yeah, about that. I think they can. I mean, you so you get a kid now. Maybe Nick Saban's a little shook here. They offered his little brother uh, over the weekend, and and that was something. That kind of the first little thought was like, well, damn, maybe Alabama's a little shook about where FSU stands with, with Henry Ruggs. Maybe, maybe they need to kind of pull out some stops here. Yeah, get throwing out throwing out some offers there, just leaving it on the coffee table there a little bit. Oh man, it never stops. Yeah, I, you know, that was landing. Um, you know, did you know about that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That I, I didn't know. Statement had one of those. Now I guess I figured he he, he would. But uh, I know Kevin Sumlin is, is pretty famous uh, for for. You, if you got the helicopter, it's impressive to recruits, but it's also really cool because Kevin there in Houston can go and bounce high school game to high school game, and he can hit like three or four high school games per Friday night. You, know, you, yeah, you, you get, get a lot, get a lot more seen, and you can you can kind of get your brand out there more. Yeah, and you know, anytime you just plop a, a helicopter down somewhere, um, like in the middle of a football field, it tends to uh, generate a lot of interest and free publicity for Alabama, as if they need that. So, kudos to Nick. And you know, they paint they paint the Bama logo on the bottom. Oh, how nice! It's just Alabama's world. Well, everybody looks up at a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> Um, 
And then the final kid that they're going to be going after, unfortunately for us, recruiting guys is going to be announcing at 4.40 Eastern time. Um, that seems a little late to me, but whatever. Uh, yeah. He's Marvin Wilson, defensive tackle out of Houston, uh, LSU, FSU, Ohio State, Oklahoma. I, I think it's more the first two there, LSU or FSU. As far as I know, he hasn't told either any of the staffs yes yet. So I think if you if you're if you're a staff and you haven't been told no, but you also haven't been told yes, you're you're kind of in limbo. You know? and, and I think Florida State has done a, a great job recruiting this guy. I mean, if I want somebody from FSU staff on a kid long term, it's Odell. He did it with Eddie Goldman. He did it with Timmy Jernigan. You know, he's he's really good at kind of fostering these long term relationships, getting to know the family, that that type of thing. And, and he's recruited Wilson for you know, well over two years now. They get the fortunate Texas, kind of a mess. Texas fires Charlie Strong. That, that helps them out, certainly. I think they can pull him, but I, I'm not as confident as, as some folks. I, I think LSU does have a great relationship with him, with, with, with Ed Orgeron, and, and LSU is a lot closer to Houston than FSU is. Well, if things go the way you have uh, laid things out, um, and I know, you, I know you probably play around with those tools on 247 Sports, so if, they, if things go the way that you have predicted it, where does Florida State's class end up? Ooh, uh, I, ooh, I, I got to think about this. I think, let's say they can land three of the five that, that I just mentioned. Or I tell you what, let, let's be optimistic. Let's say they can get four of the five. That, that'd be a hell of a close. I know FSU fans would, would love that. If they get four of the five, I think they end up third uh, or fourth. Georgia has a really great class. We got to see if Georgia can hold on to some, some kids that are maybe looking to flip. See who else Georgia will sign. Uh, they're not going to catch Ohio State, and, and they're not going to catch Alabama. So I think the best they can do is third. If they only end up signing two more kids tomorrow, I think they can finish maybe as low as seventh. But I think the sweet spot is probably in that four to six range, depending on you know what USC does, what what LSU does. Um, Oklahoma looks like they're pretty much done. So pretty much just USC and LSU are the competition tomorrow. Yeah, well, it looks like a, another good haul for Florida State. We'll be keeping our eyes on uh, on linebackers tomorrow. What is Levi Jones going to do? Folks out west feel pretty confident about it. Uh, Florida State, um, and not just you, feels very good about it. And then Florida fans are hopeful. But I think it's uh, – I'm with you. I think it's Florida State or USC for Levi Jones tomorrow. Hey, listen, what are you going to be doing tomorrow? Uh, so I'll be on SBNation.com. We have our live stream between 1 and 3. Uh, we'll be managing Tomahawk Nation, kind of keeping one eye on that and one eye on the national scene and making sure we we have, we have 80, 86 college sites now. So I, I'm kind of wow. – I oversee those guys on sign of day, and it's, it's like herding cats. <laughs> you know, you, you kind of yeah. um, point them in the right direction and say go, and, and you hope it all goes well and uh, try to put out any fires before they, they spread and just you know, make sure everybody has a great sign of day in, in the Expedition Network. Are you Are you exhausted on Thursday after signing day typically? Uh, you know, I really try to, to make sure that I, I, I sleep more in the week leading up to it now uh, than, than I used to. Um, and, you know, I just I, I leave my staff real detailed, no, detailed notes, and I, I go to bed at, like, 930 because I want to get up to, like, 530 or 6 so that I can – I need some time to actually write and, like, think before I get all the emails and direct messages and texts and stuff coming into me. You know, I need some quiet time in the morning before everybody starts, starts bothering me. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little more juiced up now than I used to be, I think, but – the weekend, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely crash. Uh, I, yeah. I get into Houston for the Nike camp. 
uh, Friday night, and I'll I'll probably sleep ten hours Friday night, maybe twelve. Yeah, I think I'm gonna crash myself. I'm doing this for the third time in my household, and uh, I think I'll yeah, crash. Yeah, man, that's, that's got to be a pretty cool, pretty cool feeling, Chad. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's exhausting, but listen, the whole uh, school getting paid for, love it. Just can't doesn't get any better than that. But so I'll I'll ride with it. I'll take the sleeplessness. There we go. Oh, yeah. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing your thoughts on Florida State's recruiting class. Looks like it's another good one for the Knowles. Appreciate you coming on. All right. Take care. All right. That was Bud Elliott from Tomahawk Nation uh, sharing a little bit of knowledge here uh, on Florida State's recruiting class. And listen, if you're a Florida State fan and some of you out there are and you want to follow recruiting tomorrow, I don't think there's a better place than Tomahawk Nation. They do a great and an in-depth job uh, with with everything having to do with uh, Florida State. And, of course, recruiting is going to be the big thing on tap tomorrow. So uh, be sure to follow them on that. I'm going to take a quick break. When I get back, man, I'm going to have one of the guys from the Big Three Rolo, Kev Rudd, joining me here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. We'll be right back right after this. The 7 on 7 season, summer basketball, family picnics, all around the corner, and you're paying big money for t-shirts from screen printers? Why? Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors mean higher prices. How do we solve this? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, put any wording you want, print it on your inkjet print paper, and using the proper paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, you can get this the way that you want it. There's no limit to the amount of color or the design. You can transfer a photograph using this paper. It's great for team sports. It's great for family reunions. It's great for birthday grits. The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER-T-SHIRTSUPPLIES.COM. Go there now. We're back here on the Gridiron Stud Show pre-National Signing Day edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Hey, listen... Uh, whether you're a college football fan or you're a recruit listening to me right now or you happen to be a college football coach, you got to download the Gridiron Studs app. you got to do it right now. Head on over to the App Store and put in Gridiron Studs. That's two words, Gridiron and Studs. Download this app right now, coaches. You can find players. We've got over 1,000 recruits that have downloaded and created profiles on the Gridiron Studs app. Fans, you can show your appreciation. Follow the latest recruiting updates and get a little bit of inside information on some of the recruits, and uh, we're continuing to add onto this app weekly. 
weekly, daily. It's uh, a great thing, and uh, I'm looking forward to this thing taking over. But if you're a fan, coach, or recruit, got to get on there. Download the Gridiron Studs app right now. Do it now, now, now. Head over to the App Store, Gridiron Studs. Download the Gridiron Studs app right now. All right. I'm, I'm excited to have this next guy on because, you know, every year I do this show, and we talk about the, the player perspective and the coaching staff perspective. Um, and even a little bit of the reporter perspective, but we never really get it from the fans, and that's uh, who gets that's that's who makes this whole thing—the passion of the fans. And uh, one of the guys that represent that does it very well is my next guest. You know, Miss Kev Run. Is that still a name on Twitter, or, or is it Kev? It's Kev. I think it's five six. One, I think it's just yeah. I think it's just Kev now. Um, five six one yeah, Kev. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Appreciate you having you on. Uh, Kev's part of. Um, three guys uh, that represent Florida, Florida State, and uh, Miami football, and they have a very uh, up-and-coming podcast, uh, and it's called the Big Three Roll-Up. How did we come up with that name? Specifically the roll-up part. Help me out there. <laughs> it's like a, um, it's just a recap. That's just how we said recap. That's how we decided to say recap. We just roll it up. You can go. You can go a lot of ways with roll up. Is it a fruit roll up? Are we rolling up perhaps something else? Or, yeah. Um, yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't condone any of that. <laughs> yeah, we're just rolling up. We're just rolling up the the week's happenings. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, well, listen, man, you guys seem to have a lot of fun with that. And listen, before we go any further, look, no disrespect to Silk, who might be listening out there, man. I could only really bring one of you guys on, and and out of the three, you guys. Uh, Kev's the only one that I've met in person, so I decided to go with that. And that, and, and I'm a UM alumnus, so since he represents UM, that's the guy that comes on. Yeah, you know that's just how that yeah, goes. Yeah, I appreciate so, that. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, man, that. So I got you on. Plus, Silk's still trying to drop like a couple kids off at my doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got one too. Yeah, I got oh, one too, man. We're gonna. You need to open up a daycare. Yeah, man, I'm I'm retired, my friend. You know, that's it. I'm signing Marco off tomorrow, and that's it. You know, wife, we're going to head off somewhere and change our address and our phone number. We're not even going to give it to the kids. So, oh. well, Very good, very good. Marco on flip watch yeah. tomorrow or what? Yeah, what's that? I said we got Marco on flip watch tomorrow? Or we just oh, might watch CJ? And if you know anything about this household... Uh, there's no flippers here. And it, well, look, once you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. Just to give you a quick story on that. Uh, the first time I took Quincy out for football, six years old, goes out there, and it was all fun and games and the shorts and, uh, and, and the T-shirt and the shorts running around. But then we got into full pads. And, you know, a couple of kids have been playing for a, a couple of years already. And we're doing a hit and drill, and Quincy goes and starts running, has the ball in his hand, and the kid just absolutely goes through him. Quincy goes one way, the ball goes the other way, and that football wasn't that fun at that moment. And so we're heading out to the car, and he just says to me, I don't know if I, I, don't know if I want to play football anymore. And I was like, hey, son, in our household, you start something, we're going to finish it. And he stayed on and on with it, and it just so happened that in the parking lot that day, someone had been passing out, like, uh, cards for dance school. And... I picked one of the cards up off the ground and said, hey, see this right here? See this dance school? I'm going to stick this on your bed. And it's going to stay there until you come back out in your pads and you lay somebody out. And uh, <laughs> lo and behold, my um, man came back out there, and the next day he did to him what was done to him, and the rest is history. He's just big physical football. The rest is history. Now we got first yeah. round 
But yo, Kev, you got to get these UN fans off my case. You know, I've been wanting to get this off of my chest. And since, you know, you've got the Arab fans out there, I want to tell this to you and you could maybe repeat it on the next roll-up or anyone that's listening right now can listen to this. I get that fans get all crazy about Michael Irvin and they love him. And look, Mike obviously had a great career at UM, certainly better than mine. And it's, it's awesome that he could do things like say, my kid's not going anywhere else but to the University of Miami. It's all fine and well. You know what I think about that, Kev? I think it's great. But you know what? Michael Irvin is a multimillionaire as a result of what he was able to do in the National Football League. So if his son, Mike Jr., goes to the University of Miami and doesn't turn out all that great for him, he's got a really nice trust fund somewhere. Um, and his son's going to be taken care of. And the same goes for all of these ex-pros that have kids that say, oh, my kid's going to go to Miami no matter what. doesn't matter if it really works out for him. They're taken care of. It's not the case for a guy like me. So um, when my kid's choosing a place, he's got to go to the right place for him. If he's trying to hey, become anybody, a I know you followed me on Twitter. Anybody who says that in my mentions, I shut that down quick. I mean, it's really not your decision to make. So I don't know why no, they're really on for. You know what I mean? It just seems like the end thing to do. You know what I mean? So <laughs> uh, I've had a, I've had a few just even tonight jumping all over me. So, Nevertheless, hey, what's the big story for tomorrow? Uh, hey, listen, the Florida-Miami ward uh, has been just pure entertainment for me. I've seen some. You, you've got some witty comebacks, and the Florida guy's got some witty comebacks, and it's just been pure entertainment. That's why I love college football. But what are your thoughts? Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this question from a fan perspective. Brian Edwards and C.J. Henderson end up as Florida Gators tomorrow. What's your thoughts and feeling as a fan? Speak for the fan base right now. Okay. As I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak for the fan base, and then I'll speak for myself. For the fan base, they're going to have a total meltdown if we don't land. We're in play for five guys tomorrow, in my opinion. And if we lose out on those two, so if we go three for five, they're going to lose their mind. Um, right. And it's just how the recruiting has been. I mean, with CJ, like you thought he was gone for this long, and then, you know, as of last weekend, you thought he was Miami, and then, you thought Brian after the January 20th visit was Miami, and now it's leading towards Florida. Um, mm. I'm going to keep perspective. If we go how I plan it tomorrow, we're going to sign two, two All-American receivers in Jeff Thomas and Mike mm. Harley, and then we're going to have Javante Dean, the best um, Juco. But, yeah, they're only going to think about, you know, the DBU and losing, losing to McElwain, who they don't think is a very good recruiter. and they're going to try to fire romps, and it's going to, all hell is going to break loose. Yeah, I mean, I, I think sometimes it just gets to the point where it's not even about uh, getting the great player, or it's not even about the player. It just comes down to um, beating the Florida fans and being able to say something, or Florida fans being able to beat the Miami fans. It doesn't even, it's not even about really the, the player. In the grand scheme of things, if Miami doesn't get these two guys, you still got a pretty damn good recruiting class. Well, and I think I think no matter how it plays out tomorrow, unless um, Florida is able to get Leyburn Ray or, or Levi Jones, somebody that's a surprise, I think Miami will end up ranked ahead of them, no matter how it works mm-hmm. out. But Miami fans, they're right. going to forget they got the best player in Dade and Donaldson. They got the best quarterback in Florida, uh, Perry. They got you know a California four star Deontay Johnson, and they're going to forget that they just got Herbert last week, and they're only going to put it on what hat CJ picks up. And that's just how fans are. I mean, we're fanatics, and we're going to react to every report and every minute. And, and yeah, you want to you throw shade at Florida fans. 
as many times as possible. Yeah, I just always both find of us it. Know, yeah, yeah, both I, of us I, know I, that we can't argue with Florida State fans anymore. Yeah, when the head coach of the program needs to lose his job and fall on the sword when you, when a fan loses a Twitter fight to another fan. It's like, all right, that guy needs to lose his job. I just lost this fight. Like, what's up with that? Right, right. Start firing yeah, some coaches. Um, so. But like I said, I big... feel good. I feel good about Miami's class, and I think we're going to finish ahead of Florida in the rankings. But we, but as of right now, Peter Reed's just put out that he's, he's hearing that C.J. Henderson of Florida as of 10 4 Oh, that's the that's the that's the latest update. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like the National Weather Service. Uh, the latest. That's update. what someone said. They've been yeah, been tracking a hurricane all day. But these kids have both changed their minds so many times in the last ten days that I mean, who the hell knows? I guess that's that's what they want. So we're all gonna log on to Periscope tomorrow and watch a kid from a high school cafeteria put on a hat. So let's do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's what's. What's the biggest story tomorrow? It looks Mike Harley. Uh, I don't want to say he's a lot, but it looks like he's coming, and I think he's a very underrated player. I've obviously had a chance to watch his work, watch it up close, um, and you know it's really a lot about the whole thing with size. But this is a very, very exciting player, and it looks like he's coming to the University of Miami. How, how do you and fans feel about this? Well, I was a big proponent of offering him early. Like the the staff held out. The staff thought they were going to get Judy. You know, they had thought they had a good shot at Judy and Devontae Smith, and they kind of held out on the offer. I mean, I was at Paradise Camp, and I thought he was the second best receiver there behind J- Judy. I thought the offer should have came earlier. So I'm happy that he's back in the class. That he's gonna. It looks like he's going to be in the class, and then um, it looks like they're going to get Jeff Thomas out of St. Louis, kid who just uh, killed the Under Armour game. So, I mean, there's a lot to be excited about tomorrow. But, of course, we're just going to look at the two kids. And <laughs> and that's um, how it's going to be judged. Yeah, but, I mean, would you, would you say uh, – I wouldn't be going way out of my way to say that, by and large, Twitter for the fan bases is just a, a pool of negativity. And, and why is that the case? Yeah, I mean, people just want to react. I mean, people, people just, just – I mean, everybody's got a voice on Twitter and they want to react and they want to think that they would have done it better than, you know, Mark Rick or, or Jim McElwain or, or whoever. And I mean, me, we are talking about this on the big three roll of Newberg was even saying Florida's got, mm-hmm. Florida State's got top five class, but if they miss out on Wilson and Levi Jones, he says his nose, nose two, four, seven board is going to be like all negativity all day tomorrow, even though they're going to end up yeah. with a top five, top six, five. So fans yeah. just want to see their, their guys put their hats on the table. Yeah. It, it, it's amazing. So let's talk about the uh, the big three roll-up. How did that come together, and how is it that a Florida fan, a Florida State fan, and a, and a Miami fan can come together on something like this and, and no punches be thrown? Well, see, me and, me and Silk, we grew up together. So we've been doing this for 12, 12, 15 years, and we just came up with the idea one day. I was like, you know, maybe people would like this. So we, we bought a bottle of Jameson and sat at my kitchen table and put it on tape, and then um, we were able to get Newberg just just from talking on Twitter, able to get Newberg to come on, and he came on. And he called us the next day and said, "Hey, I liked it. Can I be on forever? I mean, can I be part of the show now?" And so you got two fanatics, me and Silk, and then you got Newberg who kind of brings the balance and brings brings the insight, you know. So it works so, out uh, good. It's actually really good. It's really entertaining. People seem to like it. Yeah, I've had a chance 
chance to, to hear a couple of shows, and, and it was that was was I was Newberg always there? Who was the Florida State guy in the beginning? Uh, we had um, we had a guy Randolph, but um, he had a he had a newborn, and he went to police academy and all this, so he couldn't. He just he didn't have the time to do it anymore. So then me and Silk kind of ran it by ourselves, and then Newberg came on, you know, sometime in October this year. So is is this going to be like uh, Charlie's Angels, where you know every now and then one of the angels got to get subbed out, bringing another one? Like this guy really went oh, to no, the police I, academy. It's almost like Charlie's he Angels. Police he got he got <laughs> saved, man. So he he want to mess with the roll up no more. It's too it's too crazy for him. Oh man, does he still follow recruiting like that? You know, I talked to him when he's off Twitter and stuff. I talked to him on the phone. He still follows it, but he just he just doesn't have the time that he used to have to to put towards it. You know how we want to do it. We I mean we we have a vision for this thing. We think it could take off. So, you know, if you're going to be in, we need to be all in and you know, still just going to do that. So, but I mean, if we ever make it big, he's definitely going to get cut in. Yeah, I can I could probably we could probably do a couple hours off of this next question that I'm going to ask you, but I want you to boil it down to as simple as you can. Biggest difference okay. between Rick and Al Golden on the recruiting trail? The evaluations. Um, <laughs> Mark Rick seems to evaluate players at their, their position at the next level. Um, he doesn't hand out 300 offers. for. I mean, we don't have 200 offers out for 2019 right now. Um, uh, he he's more Florida centralized. He doesn't really do the New Jersey thing too much. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and he, I mean he's just got a better he's got a better staff around him that that knows that knows the recruiting. I mean Manny Diaz, Coach Cool is Cool Gugliski. I mean these are seasoned veterans just like on the trail, so it's it's just different. It's, just, it's a different feel. Yeah, uh, and in in many many ways. Um, Man, if you could pull in a linebacker uh, hall, you know, if you could do that with any of these other positions like you did with linebacker last year, I mean, that is just uh, – that'd be a blessing. Maybe that would turn some of the negativity off, but you got to wait for that. Well, well, I think – I mean, I think bringing in Herbert and Hillary and Donaldson, I think he really attacked the offensive line. And I really – and Corey Gaynor is an underrated player. We have Larry Bluestein on the podcast, and he said he's the, the most underrated player in Miami's class this year. So I really think he did that with the offensive line. I think he's got guys that will step in and compete for jobs next season. So, I mean, I think he did good. And then with Njoku, Thomas, and Harley, I mean, that's a good wide receiver class. And then if you do land one of Edwards or or Henderson with Bandy and and Dean, I mean, that's a good cornerback class. So he's put together a solid class. Yeah, no no doubt about it. Last year, a 9-4 and finish for the Canes. Um, What's What's going to be acceptable this year? Um, do you have to win? Do you have to win ten games this year? I thought I well, thought we're poised to do that, but with Kaya leaving now, you know I'm I'm not as sure. I thought I felt pretty good about ten or eleven wins next year, but where where do you stand? What's going to make the fan base happy if you go if you go eight and four regular season again? Is that going to be a problem? Um, I mean, of course, yes. Yes, that would be a problem for the fan base. I, I feel like, even though you're going to be breaking in a new quarterback, but people have these crazy expectations about what the Kosey Perry's going to be, and they think he's going to come in in August and, you know, be Lamar Jackson. And mm-hmm. I just 
I don't. I think I think it'll be Jack Jack Allison's job, but the the schedule the schedule looks manageable. Um, uh, I mean, the fans aren't going to be happy until they win until they beat Florida State. To be honest with you, and uh, and they thought with Cook gone that maybe, but now they bring in Acres and White and whoever the hell else they brought in, and the fans just want to beat Florida State and. But I think if you win nine games, eight, nine games, and you win your bowl game, that's another step in the right direction. Yeah, I think the biggest thing usually with fan bases is just you want to see some kind of progress. So if it's eight and four again for some reason, let one of those eights be Miami. And if it's not going to be – I mean, uh, Florida State, and if you're not going to be Florida State, then let's get back to double-digit wins. It's been it's been uh, how long? A decade maybe since that's happened? What, what, 05, I think? 05 maybe? Yeah, so it's been a while. Yeah, it has been. But you listen, you got the bowl game win out of the way. That was really pissing me off. So um, you got that. You got that monkey off the bat. So things are moving. How great would it have been? How great would it have been? This was your chance to beat Florida State. I feel like extra point. I mean, you would have had momentum going into overtime and get that monkey off his back year one. But now, yeah, the bowl game. The bowl game was fine though. We had fun. You know, I, listen, um, I don't – Florida State fans listen to this. I'm not – listen, Jameis is gone. Dalvin is gone. Uh, this thing's not – it's not going back to that. That's just my opinion on it. And uh, I, there's nothing stopping Miami from going up to Dope Campbell and winning next year. Um, even, I'm here if, for even, it, man. Quarterback, so, you know. Um, well, they're going to – I'm not – Miami's going to have a – Miami's going to have a great defense. Miami's going to have an excellent defense. So anything's possible. Yeah. You play defense and you run the ball. Uh, I mean, anything's possible, obviously. Well, you know, you know, you know that's where I live. Defense and a running game, and then you can kind of roll with you know whatever else going on. Unless your quarterback is absolutely horrendous, and I don't anticipate that. So, hey, listen, Kev, man, yeah. I appreciate you coming on, uh, representing the Big Three. Roll up. Tell folks how they can find you and how they can listen to the podcast. Um, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, and we're on. SoundCloud. It's um, at Big Three Rollup. Um, we dropped one today, um, a pre-sign day show, and then our regular scheduled is Friday at 7 a.m. We drop every every week. You can follow at the Big Three Rollup on Twitter. Um, and yeah, that's how you get it. And then also tomorrow, I'm doing a a podcast with Cam Underwood of State of the U. So you can look out for that on stateofthu.com. Oh, you doing something with Cam? You got something with Cam tomorrow? Yeah, I've been right. I've been like freelancing for Cam. I've been writing for Cam, trying to get my name out there a little bit with the podcast. And so, yeah, me and Cam are gonna do a, a signing day show tomorrow from six to seven. Tell Cam to turn down the bass while he's uh, doing this podcast tomorrow. <laughs> All right, Mr. Big Apple Cam. All right, man. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, listen, try not to drink too hard, and keep the fan base calm tomorrow. Whatever happens. Well, hey. I might turn my phone off at 11 o'clock after Dean announces. So we'll see. I might be back. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm going to enjoy it, man. Be so exhausted. Yeah. All right, Kev. Appreciate you coming on, man. Looking forward to doing this again. All right, man. All right. That's Kev from the Big Three Roll-Up. You can find those guys on iTunes, SoundCloud. They're all over the place doing good stuff out there. I'm going to take a quick break back with my final thoughts on this pre-national signing day gridiron stud show. Stay with us. Shut up!
love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. signing day grid iron stud show I had a lot of fun doing it i want to thank all of the reporters that came on ryan barto Corey bender greg biggins bill green rob cassidy andrew spivey bud elliott appreciate all these guys coming on representing scout.com rivals and 247 sports tomorrow is the busiest day of the year for those guys and uh you know i appreciate them coming on taking uh time out in their busy schedule to come on and talk with us. We covered a lot here on the show today. The big three here in the state of Florida most definitely were covered. Uh, a lot of things in play for Florida and Miami tomorrow, including uh, a couple of prospects that both are uh, both fan bases and coaching staffs are expecting to come to them. Talk about Brian Edwards and C.J. Henderson. So that's probably a battle that's going to go on through the night. Both of those guys to try and land them for their prospective schools. Uh, Florida State, another great class for them. Um, heavy on running backs. Uh, but they're also uh, got their eyes on some linebackers tomorrow, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Levi Jones being a big guy for uh, Florida State. Um, Levi deciding between Florida State, USC, as well as Florida. Talked a little bit about what's going on in the Midwest with Ohio State and Michigan. Those two battle out quite a bit, uh, as well as where Michigan State fits into all this. Didn't get a chance to really talk about Penn State, who actually won the Big Ten 
uh, and didn't get a chance to talk much about Wisconsin. Not a whole lot of time to dig into that. So unfortunately, like uh, a lot of the year, Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh get a lot of the attention, and rightfully so. They're the big names in the conference. I do like how they're causing everyone else to pick up their game. Uh, also talked a little bit about uh, what's going on on the West Coast with USC. Looks like they're poised for a big finish, according to Greg Biggins from Scout. Willie Taggart, uh, a man without really any West Coast ties, out there kind of getting some things done with Oregon and uh, signing some names out there. And this is uh, without a full, uh, his full allotment of time to recruit. So it'll be interesting to see a year from now when he's had a full recruiting cycle, what he's able to pull in. Um, and he's doing that despite some negative stories coming out of Oregon and Eugene. Not a really great start for uh, his tenure out there in Oregon, despite, oh, well, outside of the recruiting, because he's getting it done there, it seems, as well. Washington um, trying to capitalize on the great season that they have. But they're not big time in chasing stars. They're a real development type thing. You know, it's what Peterson did at Boise State. He's brought that same formula to Washington, and who can argue uh, these guys had a great season, won the Pac-12, and uh, it's going to be a nice battle for them this year between them and USC and whoever else wants to jump up in the Pac-12 this year. So we talked about that, and then also had a chance to really get into what uh, the day is tomorrow for the report. It's a very, very busy day. These guys are going to be out and about doing a whole lot of things, a lot of radio. Uh, some are doing television and a whole lot of running things down. These guys are going to be up and early, and it's, uh, again, Super Bowl for those guys. But the biggest uh, the biggest part of this day is all of the recruits and the kids that are going to sign national letters of intent and uh, going to be going to school for free. And for any recruits that are listening to this right now, it's the beginning, not the end. It is a great opportunity for you. Some of you are going to want to celebrate this thing. You're going to have celebrations tomorrow. Don't think it's the end. It's the beginning. And... Um, Please don't take your scholarship for granted. That is a tremendous amount of money that's being saved by you. You have a ton of people in this country that are that are in debt trying to get a college education that you're about to get for free. So do keep that in mind. Um, I understand that you're there and you're going to be thinking a whole lot about you know, trying to play professional football and college football and all that, but don't don't lose the fact that you're going to be getting an education for free. And uh, that's, in a lot of cases, at minimum, you're getting something that's valued at, at $250,000. And that's just a monetary value. The amount of earning power that your degree from your prospective university is going to give you goes well beyond a quarter million dollars. So let's not lose that fact in all of this. So all of the recruits out there, take the education seriously. Make full use of the tutors. Do what you got to do. Get the job done. And uh, take your college education and your college experience seriously. You are very fortunate. There are a lot of guys out here tonight that absolutely don't know where they're going to be going. And they're not going to be signing a scholarship tomorrow and may not sign one. And uh, here you are, very fortunate. So I hope you take that very seriously. So. Looking forward to signing day tomorrow. Uh, happy for all of you out there that will be signing it. I know it's a joyous day for the parents. I'm on that side of it now, and I, I know it's a, a great thing for them. So, you know, for your recruits out there, think about the joy for mom, dad, um, and for all the grandparents out there. They're all uh, very, very proud of you, so do all that you can to keep them proud. And uh, to all of the uh, parents out there, congratulations on the job well done. And uh, to all of my listeners out there, thanks for listening to the show today, for hanging in here with me for over two and a half hours as we talk recruiting. I could probably do another two and a half hours, but I can't. 
my time is up. It's time for me to go. I appreciate you, all of you listening. And uh, again, I'll be back on Friday. Man, Thursday show. We're back on Friday as usual. I won't have any more with me, but we'll be talking uh, on Friday. Uh, the Super Bowl is coming up this Sunday. I don't have a Thursday show. We'll definitely touch on recruiting on Friday. Um, for those of you out there that are not signing or you have to go the alternative route, I want to offer you guys some help. So tune back into that, um, whether it's Thursday or Friday. Stay tuned. And uh, we'll try to get some assistance out there. So looking forward to doing that. So for all of you, for all my guests, I want to thank all my guests for coming on. I want to thank all the listeners. Thank you for listening to the Good Iron Stud Show. And I'll see you guys on the next show. Thanks for listening. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen.